Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Listen up. All What Happened Wind shirts are now $17.99. What? That's right, and we've lowered the price of shirts, and we're donating 100% of profits to St. Jude. It's a win-win. You get the shirts you love at a lower price, and together we are supporting kids and families in need. It's because we know the ad-free show community cares. Get your What Happened Win shirts now for $17.99 at LoisRules.com or check out all the charity shirts at AdFreeCares.com. Together, we're making a difference. He's just not here yet. Don't worry, boys and girls. This is Paul Bramwell. Tony and Conrad are on the road doing some traveling. I'm just here to open the show this week. This is a best of the worst matches Conrad and Tony have reviewed over the years. So without further ado, let's get this party started this week. And we pick it up with everyone's favorite yam bag shaving mama. That's right. It's Judy Bagwell on a pole. New blood rising. Let's throw it to Tony Schiavone. All right. This great entertaining show continues. Here comes Canyon. Yeah. I love that Ernest walked up the ramp as they're playing Canyon's video. He didn't like go around the side. He went back up the ramp. Well, that's an experience for you. Hello, ladies. What? I really thought that was somebody wearing a wig on the left. Mm. How about there? They've never driven this forklift here because it's just mangling the carpet. They're not even ready for what what's going on. And we've talked about this for a long time. Judy's pretending to kick at people here. She's got her own little robe here. Uh, it looks like curtains from a dining room. Uh, they don't really actually have 
Judy Bagwell on a pole. Instead, they've got her tied to a forklift, and here comes Canyon with a yellow hard hat, looking like a member of the YMCA. And up she goes. This is when he was ripping on DDP. Hey. Calling himself Positively Canyon. That's right. Yep. Judy Bagwell on a pole. Wow. Just don't get your mom involved in a match. Oh, she's spitting at him. Now he yells, fuck you to her. <laughs> of course. Hey. This is the this is the attitude era of WCW. <laughs> huh. All right, here we go. Let's listen to Canyon's promo. Yeah. Come on, talk to us. Uh-oh. His mic bro, never works. Bro. After this, it's working I've got to ask. It's been a long time, but I've got to ask. Who's better than Canyon? Nobody. I wasn't asking you. This match was supposed to be a Judy Bagwell on a pole match. That was my understanding. But I searched this entire second-rate country of Canada. Oh, come on now. He's been gone all week. Forsaken country, I couldn't find the pole that would hold that big fat battle axe. I'm not sure the Eiffel Tower would do the trick, to be quite honest. So, so, bro, this match is now officially a Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. A what? Judy Bagwell on a forklift, you deaf? There's Buff. Uh oh. He just realized his mom you was shut up there. Shut your mouth, you battle axe. Thank God she's not mic'd. And the crowd goes mild. You know, the only thing I'm thinking of here now is I wish we would have known about the bag shaving instance, uh, instances. Uh, catch everybody up. Some of our new listeners here to what happened when may not be familiar with what you're talking about. Well, what I'm talking about is the fact this is according to Kevin Nash that <laughs> he went to visit Buff Bagwell one time and Buff said, I'm in here. I don't think we ever said his name until right now, but I'm good with it. What's that? I don't think we ever revealed who told us until right now, but I'm good with it. Oh, I thought we revealed it was Kevin Nash. Okay. Maybe it was. I don't know. Okay. So he walks in the bathroom and, uh, he said he saw Judy Bagwell shaving the ball sack of her son. And he said, you, you let your mom do that? He said, yes, doesn't everybody? So apparently it was just a, a, a common occurrence in the Bagwell family. Um, and that's pretty creepy. Really? Yeah, it's really creepy. Does uh, does Lois shave your bag these days? No, no, she doesn't. But 
having Lois shave my bag would be better than having my mom shave my bag. I was just asking. I know you've got okay. the new lawnmower 2.0. I didn't know if that was something where you took matters into your own hands or. Well, I don't even know. It was, yes. Okay. And meanwhile, back in the ring. Why are you so nervous about me talking about you trimming your ball hairs? I'm not nervous about it. Uh, not a big deal. Oh. Uh, there's so much wrong with this show. All of it. Everything we yeah. do. There's just so much wrong with it. Not only that, we, we just... Okay. Get up, Marcus! Get up! Then she screamed, Get up, Marcus! Get up! What's wrong with this show? Well, the storyline so far... Oh, I thought you meant me and you... No, 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 no. You you and I are doing all we can for this thing. I'm talking about this New Blood Rising show. But at least, you know, uh, look on the bright side. Every cloud has a silver lining, whatever type of cliche you want to use. We're not outdoors in Sturgis, are we? No. And we got that going for us. Yes, we do. What's he got here now? Oh, my God. He's going to take that and shave buffs. No, wait a minute. He's, oh, he's... This never works. Well, it doesn't. Taking off the it, it it takes too long. That was as quick as we've seen it. But taking off the turnbuckle pad never works. Do you want to guess uh, how many stars the Great Muda got in the last match, according to the Observer? One. Yes. Do you want to guess how many this one gets? This is probably a dud. Uh, star and three quarters. So nearly oh. twice as good. Whoa. And we're going to have well, a, a nice little surprise here in the match at some point. Okay, good. And I, I like surprises. And I guess it got a little bit more. Get up. Get up, Marcus. Get up. Uh, I think uh, it probably got the star and three quarters because, hey, Canyon could work. We knew that. He can do some good shit. Did um did Lois run down to Cato Fashions with Judy and pick out her outfit here? No. <laughs> Cato Fashions. <laughs> I I thought it was the clearance aisle at TJ Maxx. You mean uh right off of the window model at Lane Bryant? To act like you didn't pop at Cato Fashions. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. If, you're, if you know, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cato Fashions. I haven't heard that in a long time. Lois went to Cato before. Shut up. I know. Oh, uh, she probably did. I know she did. Every chick Lois's age hmm. went to Cato Fashion and then after decided... You know what? It would be great if we could get a dilly bar. <laughs> Roll time. Hey, Conrad, have you ever heard of of goat yoga? Yeah. Uh-huh. Good God. You into that now? No, I just, uh, I, I see Positively Canyon here, and I see him, you know, kind of ripping on Diamond Dallas Page and Positively Page and everything. It makes me think of DDP Yoga, which has turned my life around. Sure. And then and then I saw uh, on, uh, I guess on YouTube, some people doing goat yoga. Yeah, it's like 
maybe three years old when it first popped off. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you do yoga with goats now. Like, goats stand on you, right? They stand on your back or your shoulders. Yeah, goat yoga. So it's, it's a real what, thing. What happened if the goat wants to take a shit? It just shits right on you. <laughs> you know, they probably charge a little extra for that and tell you it's part of the experience. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, oh, see, never works. It never works. You know why it never works? It always turns the table on you. It's predictable. When someone takes the turnbuckle pad off, it is predictable that you are going to be the person that suffers it. God, come on, Marcus. Come on. Oh, you're being real mean. Oh. Diamond cutter. And he kicked out of it. We're not done, though. I bet we're not. This episode is being brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I needed to make a change like trying to be healthier, spending less time at work. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. And a lot of smokers and dippers out there can probably relate. Zen understands there isn't just one quote unquote right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whether you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there with you with the right strength, with the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and you want to learn more today, check out Zen nicotine pouches at ZYN.com. That's Zen.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. You know, one one of my favorite, and listen to the music, they just hit DDP's music, but it's not DDP, it's David Arquette. Oh, my God. My favorite world champion of all time. And of course, as the story goes, Canyon was the stuntman at the movie. Ready to rumble. Arquette comes in, gives him a high five, and it gets Buff Bagwell started. <laughs> One, two, three. Whoa. I wow, mean, that was close. He hit. He hit three, didn't he? No, but I'm saying he hit Buff Bagwell, this big jacked up dude in the back with a plastic construction helmet. And it was nearly the end of the match. Well,. If he, he would have had a cookie sheet, he would have been fucking dead, you know? 
that's exactly right. It's a good thing Arquette didn't swing a cookie sheet there. Yeah, but you know, I mean, you got to realize that Buff. Come on, Marcus! Come on, get him! You, you've got to realize that that Buff is 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 kind of spent now, tired. Wow, the blockbuster on both. One, two, three. Come on, Mama, come down off the pole. <laughs> Come on, Mama, come down off the pole. Go get her. Yeah, take me down here, Marcus. Take me down. I noticed that you that your your sack there is kind of full, and I want to kind of come down and shave it off for you. Marcus, I'm still tied up here. Oh, that hurts, Marcus. What hurts, Mom? My hand. I love you, Mom. All right. Thank you. Well, a happy ending. Wouldn't you say, Conrad? A happy ending. Yes. She's <laughs> probably look at her. You can just she's flipping people off. Yes. <laughs> you can probably tell just from looking at her that she's a Clemson fan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Some deep seated anger there. What? I get it. I understand. Oh, oh, wow. Big pop on that one from the fans. Hey, uh, by the way, I got, I got an issue with you. I got a bone to pick with you. Oh, well, really? Yeah. You've never had a bone to pick with me. Okay. This is a daily occurrence with you, but go ahead. You missed, you missed mine and Bruce's anniversary. anniversary. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was our anniversary last Monday. Uh-huh. And so what did you guys do? Did you guys go on a date? No. We dropped a little bonus episode for fans of the show. We've had something to wrestle for three years. Yeah. I wouldn't miss it, man. Here we oh. go. The worst shit ever. Mm. Oz. Look, I think, baby. Yeah. I'm going to play the audio here for everybody. Tony. Okay. <laughs> situation here in uh, St. Petersburg. nothing like this, and I've been to two gold ropes in an all-night fair, brother. He heard Kevin Sullivan say, Once upon Tell a me time when. in a land far away, there lived a wizard, but not the Wizard of Oz. His name was the Great Wizard, and he ruled the Kingdom of Oz.
great and powerful. Who are you? Who are you? The great and powerful Oz knows why you have come. How dare you come to me? I will show you who Oz really is. I will show the world who Oz really is. What the fuck? Watch the monkey. Welcome oh, there he went. Welcome to uh, uh, the monkey did live uh, through most of this. Welcome to Ireland. So the monkey got freaked out by the pyro right. and tried and to jump. jump off the leash, mm-hmm. off the ramp. And Kevin Sullivan, Yanked under the, the silly hood there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's funny because he's, I guess this is the, the Grand Wizard uh, right. or w- whatever they're calling Kevin Sullivan here. Mm-hmm. So he's from this mythical land, but it sure does sound like he's got a, a number on the socks. Doesn't yeah. it? Holy That's shit. Right. Welcome to Oz. Welcome, Welcome to, to Oz. Oz. Welcome to Oz. You think the Patriots going to win by six? Welcome to Oz. But can I say this in defense of this entrance? There's a lot of work that went into this. I know that doesn't make it good. All right. But I thought it was a fucking cool entrance. It was long. It was silly. It was overdone. But Turner Broadcasting had the rights to Wizard of Oz, and that's why we did it. Does that make it good? No. But Kevin looked fucking awesome here, didn't he? No, Kevin does. And what's funny is it's a super fast match. They don't even have the wizard or the monkey get out of the ring. Yeah. They're in the ring for the fucking massacre. Right. And Nash here rocking the gray hair like he is now. And the lights are going out here in the Bayfront Center. Yeah. And the lights are about to go out and this jib jobber. <laughs> you know, I, I again, I tell the story as... The as they walked up the stairway, Kevin walked up the stairway, leading Oz in, and the monkey jumped off again, his shoulder, and the monkey was swinging like a pendulum at the end of Kevin's thing, and or chain, and I'm thinking he's gonna kill the fucking monkey. I was told that the monkey died. Now I don't know if it's because he shit himself because the pyro, or he was swung by his neck too many times by Kevin. If that's the case, boo on us. Uh, but there's us. I'll be interested to, to find out exactly Dave Meltzer's take on this entrance. And I know you have it in front of you. Well, if you've been listening to this show for very long, you know that this episode was sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us, Blue Chew. Of course, Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredient as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve a stronger and harder erection to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so that means no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door, all in a discreet package. Now, the process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com, you consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. 
Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Blue Chew's sildenafil and tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. They prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code WHW at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is WHW to receive your first month for free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Live, the Oz entrance was one of the more embarrassing moments I've had in this lifetime when it came to rationalizing being a wrestling fan. The reaction was a combination of stunned amazement and brutal obscenity-laced vehemence. The smoke was sulfur-based, and the building smelled pretty bad for the remainder of the show. The Oz thing wasn't as bad as I thought it would be because it was really just an elaborate ring introduction rather than a several-minute skit. But the people really hated it, maybe even more than they should have. There was a definite kind of reaction from the live crowd. It was fairly pro-heel most of the way, and they didn't get into anything that was too WWF-like. And with WCW trying to copy WWF more and more, it is going to turn off the hardcore base, even if the action level of the matches is good. Negative three stars for this segment, negative two for the intro and match, negative one more for the smell. Okay. Speaking of the smell... Terry Taylor in the locker room here with Missy Hyatt. What do you think she's saying? Well, she's looking at, uh, can you tell me, is uh, Tom Zink over there? Uh, if Tom Zink is over there somewhere, I know Tony Schiavone's got to be around. And I promised, to, well, I didn't really promise Tony, but 39%. Promised Tony what? Yeah, I'll just stooge it off for you. Okay, maybe Schiavone's taking a shower. Now we get to see the button on the fur coat. Oh, it's the thing that's talked about a lot. Let's go. Holy shit. Hey, what the fuck are you motherfucking motherfucking doing? I'm going to bend over here and I'm going to take his hat and I'm going to whip your little ass with it. There you go. Get the fuck out of my locker room. And yes, I do put a plug in the back end when I'm taking a shower. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, there you go. Uh, let's bring in Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Have you ever heard of my pod? As a matter of fact, you and I used to do a podcast together, didn't we, Jim? You and I at one time. What was it called? No, that's what it was called. Because I found out there ain't easy money in podcasting. That Bruce Pritchard has siphoned off all the big dollars. And all that's left is the shit that Shivani gets. And it's Dave Green's fault. And it's Midrose's fault. And it's Court Bowers' fault. Well, you know it's Court Bowers' fault. And I can't even see what camera I'm supposed to look at, tough guy. No way I can see me making money in podcasting. Well, I'm still doing the podcast. No, you're not making any money either, Tony. I I mean, Sean, because you're not you're not doing what Bruce Pritchard's doing. And that's sucking off that boy from Alabama. I don't even know how he got involved in our business. I hear he loaned flares. (laughs) 
<laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> but you do an axolotl, Jim Duggan is the fucking bomb, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? Well, are we still doing a podcast, Jim? No. <laughs> Not. <laughs> No, but no. By the way, I love me some big boss man. He's a heel yeah. here. Yeah. But I still loved him. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, what man, a great was, gimmick, you know? Absolutely. From Cobb County, Georgia. Look at that. Do you see what's on the sleeve there? The stars and bars, baby. Wow. How about that? By the way, in this era, my dad was a prison guard in 1990. Uh-huh. He had a flat top. Yeah. Hey, so he had to dress similarly to this. I'm sure he didn't have I'm sure he didn't have the Confederate flag on his shoulder shoulder pads though. He probably also didn't carry a nightstick and not yeah. button his shirt and have, and have a pimp in tow everywhere he went. And, and you know what what's funny is in reality uh Cobb County is, is one of the more modern uh metro counties in the state of Georgia. There's a lot more remote backwoods counties that this guy could have been from, but they said Cobb County, and that's actually where Ray Trailer was from in real life. Look well, at that. It probably also just rolled off the tongue, you know, yeah, like right. Cobb County has a has a ring to it, you know, right? Compared to saying he's from Douglasville, <laughs> that's right, or Oglethorpe County. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way. Two legit badasses here when they want to be. I mean, people have said for years and years, you just absolutely do not mess with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And Big Boss Man here, still a youngster, and moves like crazy for everybody. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ray Trailer is one of the guys, I've said this before, back on an old Saturday night edition that we did, was one of those guys when we first saw him as a job. Look, look how he can bump for a guy his size. We first saw him... As a job guy on WCW Saturday night, Dusty Rhodes says, there's got to be something we can do with this kid. Because we had seen a lot of big kids. but not, And you know what? I always thought Slick was pretty fucking cool as well. He was Teddy Long before there was Teddy Long. Isn't it weird, though, that he's like a preacher, but he's supposed to be a pimp here? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and again, I go back to the old standby. When if you go back and you take a look at the video, the video cassette of... Uh, Oh, the the music videos. What were what were they called? Uh, Jack. It wasn't wasn't Jackhammer. It was uh, Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sledgehammer. Whatever. And they 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 got a picture of him in like a Kentucky Fried Chicken sitting in there, and he said, "Man, what do you want to bother me for eating my yard?" Wait, bird? wait, wait. You're talking about pile driver. Pile driver. Yeah. I, I thought you were talking about the old no, MTV. No. Okay. Okay. And he said, what you, "And I'm thinking, wow, how did he? How did they get away with this shit?" But but again, it's a different era, a different era. But I like Slick. I, I like. I thought he was a very good uh, manager. I thought he. I, I thought obviously he was wonderful with Akeem. Uh, I liked all that stuff. Really did. Let's talk about what uh, Wade Killer said oh. here. He says that this match. Do you want to guess the rating it got? Yeah, this probably got a D minus. I got a D. Yeah. Boss man took some really awesome bumps for a big man, but the match yep. was not good enough to keep interest. Serious business. Did Hacksaw Jim Duggan have a good match outside of the Bill Watts territory? 
Not saying that to be funny. Real question. Well, I put it this way. He never had a match that anyone gave a good rating to because he was more of a gimmick. I mean, with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, it was more thumbs up, uh, ho, USA, USA. uh, And that was about it. I never saw any of his matches in the Bill Watts era. Did you? Yeah, I've gone back and watched it. I didn't watch it when I was three and a half years old. No, I missed those. No, that's what I meant. Have you gone back and watched it? Yeah. Did he have had some good matches back then? Him and Ted DiBiase, they were tearing it up, man. Well, you get older and things change. You know, I've always been a wrestling fan, though. I know you never really were. What the fuck? No, no, I'm just saying you quit watching in 01. You didn't watch again until 17. I, you know, if you don't watch something for 16 years, I don't know that you necessarily call yourself a fan of it. Well, I think I am. I think I was a fan when, uh, you were getting paid to be. Yeah. I got it. No, no, I, I don't have to No, motherfucker. Oh, I mean, you watch, you watch the old stuff with me now because you're getting paid. But if you were, <laughs> if there wasn't a paycheck associated with watching this, there's no way you're just watching Royal Rumble 1990. Cause you're not a wrestling fan. You're a baseball fan who will watch sports entertainment for money. No, I was a wrestling fan back in the 70s and 80s of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling, Jim Crockett Promotion, back when wrestling was different than it is now. You have no answer for that, do you? No, no. Uh, in the 70s and 80s, Jim Crockett yeah. Promotions, how much of their stuff have you gone back and watched, I don't know, this month? None. Okay, so you're not a wrestling fan. How much wrestling do you watch on a regular basis? Uh, unfortunately, I watch it every day. Bullshit. No, there's not a day that goes by I don't watch wrestling. Not a day that goes by you go, but you go back on the on the the network here and you watch something. Absolutely. I've watched this show before I watched it with you. I watch well, shows for Eric and and uh, Bruce's shows for. I mean, every, every single week. And of course I got to watch my sister-in-law kick everybody's ass every week. So yeah, I watch every week. I'm a wrestling fan. So you, I mean, to you, this is just clocking in. No, All right. The slab decks are going to pay me to talk about hacksaw. Here we go. I'm gonna do some silly voices. <laughs> you know what? You, I don't, I don't know if it's the marriage into the flair family or not, but you've changed. Oh, I have. Yeah. Huh. Well, I don't know that you even know that I'm married because you didn't come. <laughs> you were invited, but you didn't show. I guess because there was no payday involved, we, right? We go, we, you would call yeah. it right re- now. If I would have told you now, Tony, if you come over, there's a paycheck yeah. involved. You could drag that out again, huh? You could drag that shit out again. No, I'm just saying, like I, I must, I must have bruised you to the core by not showing up. I came to your but, fucking daughter, who I'd never I, met before, fucking wedding, and and, and you, you know didn't why? come to fucking mind. You know why you were there? Why? Because you were the reason we had the wedding. <laughs> Without you, we wouldn't have had a wedding. That's why. Well, that, that means okay. I should have been able to Skype in and do a toast. Do you know what? <laughs> and now, before they exchange their vows, let's go to Huntsville, Alabama, where Conrad Thompson on Skype has something he wants to say. Yeah, that fucking Tony. Oh, it's church, Conrad. No, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you going to tell me that I couldn't come Look to a toast? Hell, man. <laughs> Look, what was that? Listen, here's the deal. Did I not? Did I not? I'm not. Did I not send my son to the wedding? Did I just say I'm going to have somebody there? 
Yeah. You had somebody yeah. here. I didn't yeah. know that that's what I could have done. Because if I, if it was if I were known that was an option, I would have sent Jay Z in his in his fucking pineapple suit to your wedding. Hey y'all, I'm here representing Conrad Thompson. You want to pose with this belt? Yeah, I'm wearing white shades inside. You don't see some nudes of my wife? Take a look here. Look here. I'll text them to you. No, no, zoom in on that man. She ain't got no butthole. Check it out. Stop it. Stop it. I just made all that up. Listen. I was talking to Lois about the show that we did in Charlotte, and I said, Jay-Z was there. She said, who's Jay-Z? I said, well, he, he was there. He and Chelsea were there to help us out. She said, I said, you, you ever seen any picture of Jay-Z? She said, no. And I went on Twitter and showed him in the pineapple suit with those white sunglasses. She went, what the fuck is that? I know. I said, that's Jay-Z. How about when he meets Lois? Here's what he's going to say. Hey, baby, you want to take a picture of this dome globe? You know, Ric Flair <laughs> had one like this. Wasn't as nice as this one. Hold it up. Hold it up real high. There you go. And stick your hip out. I want your toes toward me. There you go. Now on three, I want you to say Bojangles. One, <laughs> two, three. Bojangles. There you go, baby. It's quite, said, a, what's... it's quite a turd cutter you got on you, Miss Giovanni. <laughs> quite a turd cutter. Uh, Tony Giovanni, he's a lucky man. See, my wife ain't got no turd cutter. We're just taking it day by day. <laughs> <laughs> that right there is called Inside Baseball. Seven people just laughed, and that's all I needed. <laughs> Fucking big boss man is bumping his ass off with a big clothesline over the top. God bless you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so what was great is when I started talking about poke your hip out. That's a nice turkey. You didn't know where I was going. But when I did the end around, and you damn near fell out of your chair. <laughs> You just would have had to have been on that phone call that I was on. <laughs> oh, I laughed about that one for days. Okay, so much for the insights. Oh, to the midsection. Yeah, and then one more thing. Lois says, what the fuck says Bojangles belt about? No, dude, it's, it's still spinning. He spanned it at the show in Charlotte. It's still okay. spinning. I said he's the Bojangles champion. She said, what the fuck is that? I said, I can't explain it. What that means, Miss Shivani, is I've ate more goddamn cage. Oh, can I cuss on this? <laughs> I've ate more rootin' tootin' Cajun, <laughs> Cajun filet biscuits than you can shake a stick at. So he's got a belt for that. I've ate more Cajun filet and more something else that I can't say here because my mama might be listening okay. than anybody you know. Now, I got that belt because I ate more Cajun, bis- Cajun filet biscuits. But do you know my other belt, Mr. Shivani? Tony, can I tell her? Yeah. I'm the mad head game champion of the world. I got a belt for it. I got no shame in my game, Miss Shivani. I want my wife to know I love her. You'll see some pictures of my wife. Take a look at my phone right here. Send them to yourself if you want to. And Lois said... After I said that, I said, well, you know, he's a friend of Conrad's. Conrad's got a lot of friends. He's got Dave Hancock. He's got Super Dave. He's got a guy named Rotten Crotch. Uh, and Lois just paused and says, where does he find these people? They're my whack packers, <laughs> man. They're my whack packers. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'll have to give a shout out to Super Dave. He sent me a video on, on my birthday, and he sang happy birthday to me in the video. <laughs> I, was, I just I had to I had to watch it twice to make sure I was. You and Super Dave have a lot in common. Do you know what his wife got him last week? No, what a lightsaber. <laughs> like I think it's illegal to even own, but it's like 
You hit a button and a fucking laser shoots up. And as he moves around, it goes, warm, warm. It's like had to be shipped over here from China. It's like illegal or something. Really? Yeah. He's got to shoot lights, a lightsaber. Wow. I'm going to have to get him. I to was bring told one of sh- he could like go outside and like really whack like trees. Not like a whole tree, but like right. it'd burn like, up some leaves or something. Wow. Pretty good. So I think what he wants to do is he wants to do the old no hair, no flare and see if he can. <laughs> Give a little trim by lightsaber. <laughs> trim by lightsaber. That would be good. Last night, I got the best sleep of my life. Thanks to chili sleep. It's a running gag in our little group, uh, friend circle. So many of us are our gimmick attorney, Mike Dawkins, Casio kid, Scott, who helps us with those star cast and GCW hotels. We've all got chili sleep. So we'll wake up every morning and in our group chat, we'll say, I got eight and a half. Thanks. Chili sleep. I got nine. Thanks. Chili sleep. And no, we're not measuring like Tony used to in the boys locker room. We're actually talking about our sleep. You see, chili sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. And I mean it, I'm sleeping better than ever. And I give all the credit to chili sleeps Uller. Now they also make a cube sleep system, but I've got the Uller either way, they're hydropower temperature controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. Here's the deal. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep. Whether you sleep hot or cold, these sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. So here's a question for you. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Can you even imagine that? Well, chilly sleep can make it happen. It's certainly been my experience. And Tony, I know you and Lois have one, and I think we've got a special offer for our listeners right now. Do we not? Head over to chillysleep.com slash WHW to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for what happened when listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash WHW to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed, as Conrad said, every day. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So Slick gets hit in the ass. Meanwhile, we talk over a D match. And now, wow. There comes the that. chair. He's got furniture. Yeah. Oh, oh he nearly got him with that second you, one. You're not kidding, he did. Man, if he would have hit him in the head with that second one, it would have been serious. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't have taken his eye out. <laughs> By the way, I feel like Hacksaw was really playing up the cross-eyed gimmick more than normal in this show. Yeah, you're probably right. USA! 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 Oh, I, I just now saw the rebel flag. I missed uh-huh. it this whole time. Isn't that something? Right on the sleeve there. I mean, you know what, though? They may have had that back in the day. Like, not kidding. Like, oh, yeah. People just, you know, it, it definitely had a different connotation. Well, the back back in 1990, the Georgia flag had the rebel flag as part That's of it. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. You know, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it wasn't what it is now. Right. Extreme Rules 2020. I can't believe this is real. 
I feel like we've, we're being punished here, but pull up, pull your cock out and uh, go to uh, season 12, episode one of extreme rules. That's extreme rules. 2020 went down July of last year. You want to go to two hours, 12 minutes and 35 seconds. That's two hours, 12 minutes and 35 seconds. Tony, you've never seen this, right? No, I've not. And I have, I've heard about it, but when I see that it was called the horror show, extreme rules, I was thinking, what, Yeah. why the horror show? Bray Wyatt, baby, the fiend. <clears throat> okay. I get it. And I guess that horror movies are kind of cool. You like horror movies? Oh, I saw one this past Wednesday night that involved a pizza cutter. <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. Do you like horror movies? Nope. Think they're fucking lame. Yeah, I do too. I have no, I have no, I have no interest in horror movies. Me neither. Yeah. And the, but a lot of people do. A lot of people love them. So I guess this was their way. And I know Bray Wyatt, the fiend, I guess that was, this was their way of, you know, Let's bring in the horror movie genre. So we're going to see a swamp fight, right? I think that's what we're watching right now. And I can't believe this is real, but, uh, it's going to be between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. Here's a spoiler for you. The readers of the wrestling observer newsletter gave this show, the whole show, 11.8% thumbs up. Yeah. 89% thought it sucked a dick <laughs> and um when it came to the worst match of the night poll sasha and oscar got 10 votes seth rollins and ray mysterio got 29 votes wow bailey and nikki cross got 36 votes but the match we're about to watch when it came to the worst match poll per the readers of the wrestling observer bray wyatt and braun Strowman got 182 votes whoa Whoa, whoa. Meltzer would say there may have never been a poorly received pay-per-view show that featured such a high quality of in-ring performances that WWE's horror show at Extreme Rules on 719 in Orlando. On paper, the matches looked good. The show was booked to stay under three hours, which was a good length, and remove the too-long aspect that has plagued far too many WWE shows. But people leave based on the last impression. And the Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman swamp match was poorly received. Really? It was awful. Yeah. Well, I would like for you to say hello to Adam Simmons of Missouri for coming up with this for us to watch. It's a 17 minute shit show. Mm-hmm. It's a swamp match. And uh, we want you to watch it with us. Who's going to take care of your family. If something happens to you, what would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to goliathlife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control, but it gives you and your family peace of mind. What if something happens to your income? Hurry to goliathlife.com. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers. I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you all. 
us days at U.S. Cellular. Exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers could get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Visit uscellular.com for terms and restrictions. Well, it's Extreme Rules, episode one of season 12. Thanks a lot, Peacock. Go to two hours, 12 minutes, 35 seconds. Tony, I'm queued up, rip roaring, ready to go. Just need a countdown from you. Okay, here we go. In three, two, one, play. Moments ago, but it is now time for our main event. Ladies and gentlemen, Bray Wyatt fancies himself as this modern day Dr. Frankenstein, and he's created this monster in his own image named Braun Strowman. The problem is, Braun Strowman did not want to follow the evil path set out by Bray Wyatt. So now Bray believes he needs to slay the monster in the place where it was created, the Wyatt family swamp. We've heard the tales from both Braun and Bray of the horrors of the swamp. Venomous serpents, alligators. But the question on everyone's mind is, what sort of unforeseen terror is lurking beneath the surface of the brackish waters? Well, let's find out, because it is time for the swamp fight. Holy shit, a scripted intro for the uh, uh, announcers. That sucked. If it was Vince McMahon, he'd be blaring ACDC. There we go. You know what he should do? Just fucking run over him in the truck right now. He'd win the match. It's over. Back up over and do it. Hey! Is this Duck Dynasty? Man, that's a deep cut right there, but you nailed it. Duck Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, it's Duck Dynasty. Come over here and suck my Dynasty dick. All right, then. Wait a minute. Somebody looking for a tow? I got a tow truck here. I'm home. He does look like lizard lick towing, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) It all went to motherfucking black in the... Ugh. Wait, how did how did he cut off Bray's headlights to his truck? Well, you know, he's uh, he's evil. He can do other. Oh shit! What that on the right right there? Oh fuck! Well, I can't even read that. You know, I never. I, can't. I never saw this either. You didn't? I didn't realize I never saw this until just now. Okay. This is all brand new for me. Okay. I, I think I watched this pay-per-view, but when this match started, I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I got to go take a shit. So thanks a lot this. for making me watch it today, Tony. No, hey, Adam Simmons, w- would you shit on Adam for a second? Please. Uh, first of all, the only good Simmons is Bill. Everybody knows okay. that. Oh, look. Uh, is oh, that, my God, that motherfucking pig. Is that Lois's pet? <laughs> <laughs> If it, if he's got hair and it sheds, it would be. There we go. Finally got a. Oh. Is that actually Bray White? That can't be Bray. No, these are okay. random guys. Mm. These are like henchmen. He's a man of can't do it. No one cares. Get him, Bray! Go, Bray! Henchmen. What do you think of this fiend character? 
Well, I, I think it's it's very uh, creative, very inventive. But show your damn face. I don't know. Have you seen Braun recently? No, I'm not. You should look at his Instagram. Okay. It's like he realized, oh, wait, I'm not being tested anymore. Oh. He looks like an action hero now. Does he? Oh, God. That's crazy. Okay. Well, good for him. Wait a minute. Braun just hit himself. Oh, my God. Wait a second. Hey, so he's beating himself, and you've beat yourself off before, right? Uh, That's, uh... Well, have you? No, I've never beaten you off. No, no, yourself. What are you isn't talking that about? The, isn't that the fucking man? Oh, watch! He, he chopped so him dead. in the balls. Well, there's he credits chopped. now. I mean, if you if you hit somebody with a shovel like that, they're dead. So, okay. Meanwhile, back at the home of Duck Dynasty. Let's track it here. I thought we were gonna get some sort of voiceover from Bray. They're going to show his pecker. Oh, I hope not. No, he's chained up. That's probably how we woke up. What do you mean I'm released? (laughs) Did they release him? Yeah, he's coming in for y'all. He is? He's the big surprise at the United Center. You didn't hear people chanting the other day. You announced United Center and they were Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. I thought they chanted CM Punk. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. No one's ever they chanted were, Braun Strowman. Uh, did they? Did they? They released Braun Strowman. That's yeah, really, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a, you know, I don't follow the shit like you do. Maybe I should. Uh-oh. Maybe I should. The old school theme music, and I like this. This is a nice touch. I know you weren't really paying attention to wrestling back then, but this was cool. It was like a new Wayland Mercy character. It was like. Um, yeah. Based on the Cape Fear character. Right. He came out with that and everybody turned their lights on their cell phones. And he would say, follow the buzzards. And when, when Twitter really started to take off in wrestling, I was like, man, his name on Twitter should be the buzzards. So you can just tell everybody follow at the mm-hmm. buzzards. Right. It's great. Well, he is part of one great wrestling family. For sure. How about that in the background right there? You need to get Lois to set one of those up in your backyard, and she could call it her she shed. You in the loop on this, the she sheds? Yeah. I've heard about the she She's got a she shed. It's called the basement. Oh, well, I thought that's where y'all made your sex dungeon. She told me that's where y'all's like sex swing was. You got the wrong couple there, buddy. Really? She said y'all were into like latex and bondage and stuff. Okay, I wish. I mean, I, I don't think so. Uh, you think Rebel is? I wish. I mean, I don't know. Uh, All right, here we get go. them talking? If we must. Yeah, you want to hurt me? I know that he's dead. Man, have I missed you? Boy, I have missed you. And I've been watching you. I 
then. Your success, it is borrowed, it is temporary. When your 15 minutes is up, what will they think of you now? What will they think of you? Who will stand beside you? Who will have your back? I know the answer. Because you can't see where you belong. I don't care. I can't tell for the life of me. You won't understand that I can I interrupt here for a second? If you must. Okay, thank you. Uh, you can dip the sound down here if you want. Uh, <clears throat> okay, uh, it is easy. It is really easy for someone from AEW to shit on the WWE, right? Yeah. And it's really easy for the WWE and their fanboys to shit on what we do in AEW. I get it. Yeah. But. Let me let me give this statement here that I know I'm right about. Okay, if you're going to have a cinematic match, then have a fucking match. Don't have two goofs talking and one looking like he's trying to take a shit in a rocking chair. Okay, have a fucking match. Have a goddamn match. Where's my fucking cinematic fucking match here? They're telling the story. The match is going to come. Why don't you have a little patience? Why do you got to go straight to the fucking? Why can't you do some foreplay? He's trying to tell a story and you won't let fire every fucking writer you've ever had. Go back to having motherfucking bookers. Don't worry. In a minute, they're going to roll out a basketball goal and take turns missing dunks and and long. I knew that would get you. <laughs> oh, that was too fucking good. <laughs> I'm not going back. Well, we did put Taz in a scissor left. <laughs> did you see the meme I sent you the other night? <laughs> I know what I'm doing here. I know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Oh God! In order for you to become, I guess we should explain. Someone sent me a meme of Taz in the scissor lift on AEW, and then underneath it, it was a, a shot from some old TV show. That '70s show. That '70s show where a little dog was sitting on the co- on the kitchen table, mm-hmm. and the husband asked the wife, "Why is the dog on the table?" And the wife says, he likes to be tall. And buddy, it got all over me. And I was like, I can't send this to Pete, but I can send this to Tony. And Tony will love this. You know what? Uh, damn, I love this business. Oh, here we go. Oh, motherfucking goddamn snake. Yep. Fucking motherfucking snake. Yep. You remember the serpent, right? Jesus Christ. At least when we put a snake in a bag, it's not really a snake in the bag. Come on. Come on. Come on. So they are going to wrestle or fight. They've got it out. Oh, there we go. Wait a minute. He's still. Are those the same guys that came to the ring with Sting and that? I don't know. Is that Corey Graves? 
No. I don't think I want to get hit in the face with a shovel. No. They cut on it, so yeah. Who is this guy? I don't know, but he's they, on fire. They burned him. They burned him alive. I'm on far. House, find me a lake. Find me a body. Somebody pissed on me. I'm on fire. Why didn't he just something. stop, drop, and roll? Jesus. Oh, well, who's that it talking? It wouldn't be. Is that Sister Abigail? You don't need to do this. Come home, Bron. Well, now I'm getting aroused here a little bit. So you would follow her? Well, what do you think? Well, I think you need to be careful what you say here because you don't want to upset your girlfriends, Rebel and Brit. Okay. I'll just shut up and let's listen. listen. Well, they're not on the paywall here. You can talk about whatever. Okay. Man, who's that good-looking woman back there in that shroud? (laughs) Shroud. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God they're finally getting into it, huh? Oh, man, I used to do that with my sister's face. Squish it together. (laughs) Rock bottom carpet is the way to go. Oh, my God, it's a dilapidated boat. Take him out on the swamp and drown his ass while you're out there getting some catfish and a couple of carp. Do you eat carp? You know the best way to, to cook a carp? Throw it in the trash can? No, you take a cedar plank, put oil on it like uh, olive oil and spices, put the carp on there, let it bake for like two hours, take it out, throw away the carp, and eat the board. Oh, man. You say eat the board? Eat the board. Eat the plank. Uh, you want to see a giant carp? <laughs> Is that a giant carp or are you just glad to see me? Look at your phone. One of the installers uh, at the, the lake house is putting in hardwood. He went fishing on his lunch break at the boathouse. Yeah, man. It's like one of the world's biggest carp I've ever seen. Wow. And he's probably got like plastic and some sort of bottle caps and junk in his belly. I'll never know. Was, oh, my gosh. Eat anything. What's going to happen here with this dilapidated boat? Going to go to the Conradison Boathouse. Conradison Boathouse. I wouldn't get in that fucking water because they may be fucking gators in there. Oh, there we go. Thank God. Now we're back to a match. He's trying to drown his ass, okay? There's a little bit... There's a gator's eye. There's a little bit difference than, uh, you know, than trying to cut a guy the pizza cutting and trying to drown him. He's trying to kill him. We're going for murder here! Conrad, what, 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 what have we become? Uh, well, you gotta remember, it's easy for us to sit and judge this. Of course it is. This is and last we, July, 
height of the pandemic. Well, I guess it's back now. There's more active case of coronavirus here in Alabama in July of 2021 than there was in July of 2020. Mm, how about that? World coming to an end. You know that. I'm glad we're broadcasting for the final time. No, no. Me and you are going to be in our holes continuing to be the voice of your pandemic. Part two. Mm. This is the song that never ends. But unfortunately, <laughs> Bron's wrestling career did. Mm-hmm. Until he shows up on Rampage at the first dance at the United Center. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Oh, no. Don't hit him with the... He missed him. How, how did you miss? They cut on the shot. No, but how do you miss that? There's no plausible reason you would miss that. No, none. You know, they should just do a cut to deliverance here. Mm-hmm. Just have That's them start right. checking each other's oil. Are they going to come back to the announcers to put a wrap on this thing? Or no, just I, I, I assume they just would go off the air with a murder. Yeah. What the fuck would you say that? I mean, again, the uh, Michael Cole and Corey Graves uh, lead into this was perfectly scripted. Yeah, it was. Uh, but really shitty. Hey, you know what? I don't like Adam don't, Simmons listen, anymore. Listen, listen, listen. What you made me do? So Braun Strowman has just kicked Bray Wyatt into the swamp. Gotta have a hand shoot up. So he kicked him in. He says that's over. And they showed the little credits right there. Wow. Just as you predicted, the hand came up, but it did a mandible claw, pulled Braun down into the water, and we're still not done. So, like, the water was bubbling, but now the water's red. It's like Rebel's hot tub. Bunch of laughing and the fiend head has popped up. <laughs> He's just staring at our camera. <laughs> Let- 
fade to black and we're done. Give me Wahoo McDaniel and Ric Flair in an Indian strap match, please. So I'll get this out of my mind. Meltzer said, uh, these type of matches are already running their course because once you had the boneyard match and the stadium stampede, everything looks bad in comparison. Exactly. This was bad in comparison to the edge Orton match at mania. It just sucked. Wyatt was in a lab in his swamp house. Strowman showed up and a bunch of guys attacked him while Wyatt acted like a cheerleader. It looked like the leftover ninjas from the Tazawa R-Truth feud. Then Strowman got hit in the head with a shovel by the original Braun Strowman. He was knocked out. He ended up in a loose chain, but was theoretically helpless in the lab when he regained consciousness. Wyatt told Strowman that he was really dead. Then Wyatt tried to recruit Strowman. He said he was proud of Strowman's success on his own and that the people love him. But that success is on borrowed time and temporary. And when your 15 minutes is up, who will still be with him and have his back? Of course, we know the answer is not WWE. Wyatt said that he's not Strowman's enemy and wanted him to turn back to what he once was. Strowman vowed he would never go back to doing Wyatt's bidding. Then Wyatt was beating up all kinds of guys, including a guy with a shovel. He broke the shovel and the guy fell into the fire pit and was on fire when Strowman laughed. Then they showed Alexa bliss, a sister, Abigail, and she told Strowman, you always wanted us to be together and we can be together forever. Strowman threw Wyatt into a boat in the swamp. Strowman went into the swamp, but Wyatt hit him with an oar and tried to drown him. Wyatt was beating on Strowman with the oar. Strowman came back and hit Wyatt over and over with the oar. Then the credits rolled, but like a horror movie, it kept going. <laughs> it ended with Wyatt using the mandible claw while both were in the water, the water filled with blood and the fiend showed up. So I guess Strowman was killed uh, until Friday. This segment was so far out of touch with the pulse of the audience. It reminded me of 98 to 2000 WCW when they were running off viewers at a record pace. That's how bad this was. How about that? This was kind of like if we would have taken uh, the White Castle of Fear and made a match out of it. Yeah. I mean, I know we had a match, but we had a match. This was like the that vignette that they produced for. Right. Or this, or this was like the vignette where they blew up the boat. Right. And just made a match out of it. So <clears throat> it would have been cool to have a little vignette and have them go to the ring, I think. But yeah, that this one sucked, and uh, it's coming from a wrestling fan, not an AEW guy. Okay, yeah, please, and please, it is. And uh, so, and again, uh, like I said, uh, Adam Simmons, who I, I, I talked to, we had him on right before. Just a great guy and a big supporter of ours. Uh, <clears throat> what the fuck is wrong with you, Adam? Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, the only good news <clears throat> out of all of this, I do have some good news. Oh, I would love to hear anything good. I mean, okay. it's not I, news for you, but it, it, oh. it may be for our listeners on Patreon. Oh, the good news is all the old 86 stuff is on the cock now. Oh, yeah. So we got something good to watch and not just swamp fights. That's right. Which I'm really right. surprised you didn't lie, because didn't you tell me that you and Raven used to sit in your hotel rooms and whack off to uh, swamp thing? Um, I'm pretty sure you told me that. I think you said that here on the show. No, we whacked off to something else. I think his mom. Raven's mom has got, got it going, going on. on. I like Raven. Okay. 
Well, boys and girls, thanks for all you do for us here on Patreon. We greatly appreciate your support on WHW Monday. I wish that we had uh, something longer to watch here and poke fun at and talk about, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But I, uh, I don't know where to go. I mean, after we've just seen a man murdered and whatnot. Well, you could uh, land your two cents into motherfucking Adam Simmons because I've been doing it the entire show. Well, you know, it's not, he's trying to help us in fairness. He knows that when we watch bad stuff, usually hilarity happens, but this was so bad. And so like out of left field, mm-hmm. I don't really know how to, I mean, what do we do with that? Just chalk it up to just, uh, and 30 minutes. We'll never get back in our lives. We want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by athletic greens. And the reason we started taking AG one, or at least Tony and I is because honestly, we're busier than one arm paper hanger. So we don't have time to do a little home chemistry set and figure out exactly what we need to be taking. But we know we want better gut health, especially when you're Tony Schiavone and you're on the road, making towns, that's important. You need to be able to make the toilet as well. You also need more energy. If you're going to be broadcasting live wrestling and uh, at his age, you want an optimized immune system. Maybe you're like me and you hate taking pills or vitamins. Maybe you're like me and you want a supplement that actually tastes great. Or maybe you want to see what all the hype is about because your wife's been taking AG one forever. Tony, I don't know that we've talked about that before, but my wife was using athletic greens long before they were a sponsor. So what is AG one? Well, with just one scoop, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. Right. It's going to help you with your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, your aging, all the things. And it really is just one scoop in a cup of water every morning. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy, or gluten-free, it has less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs. There's no nasty chemicals. There's no artificial anything, but it's going to help you have better sleep quality, better recovery, better mental clarity, better alertness. And we like to consider it, Tony, like you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance, but don't take mine and your word for it. They've got over 7,000 five-star reviews. And right now I think we've got a special offer. Do we not? Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, as Conrad said, and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and 5. Free travel packs with your first purchase. These travel packs are freaking cool. I know for a fact. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash WHW. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash WHW. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Yeah, it is 30 minutes. We'll never get back in our lives, but thankfully more 1986 is around the corner. Uh, I'm loving what we're doing and I can't wait to bust your balls more about everything that AEW is doing, but I'll do it on the main feed. (laughs) 
Yes. Uh, but by the way, another bonus podcast here in July is coming up. What? We got to do this again? No, wait, it's not going to be a swamp fight. It's going to be something different. Oh, thank God. I was going to say, I don't know how many more of those I want to launch. But right now, motherfuckers, Adam Simmons in your life is desperately out of time. We got to go. Fuck you, Adam. Big Meta Wrestling next time. For the love of God. And Braun Strowman, who's unemployed, but not for long, because he's coming back at the United Center on the second rampage. It's the first dance. Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Wait, they can't call him that. What will you guys call him? Sean Broman or some shit like that? Yeah, we'll call him the Fiend. I don't think you can do that either. We'll call him a fiend. Can't do that. No, seriously. What would you call him? Adam? I don't know. I Y'all don't probably know. call him fucking Adam. Adam. <clears throat> hey, look, don't confuse AW with WCW. Okay. We're not the same. What does that mean? He's, well, com- he's we coming don't... in to be your Goldberg. He's going to beat okay. the fuck out of Kenny Omega. Nine okay. one. Woo. The well, we don't. Are you, are you fucking booking now? Is that what you're doing? No. If I did, I wouldn't book. Uh, I wouldn't book. I wouldn't book Braun Strowman. Okay. Thanks for being with us. See you next time. Do me a. How did you make that noise? Hey, can I ask you a question real fast? Yeah. How long have you and Lois been married? Forty years. You ever put a thumb in her butt? Ever do what? You ever put a thumb? No. In her butt? My God. No. I asked that to um, somebody who works here with us on adfreeshows.com. Just, you know, sometimes I like to get to know people or whatever. Yeah, it's a good way to get to know people. <laughs> <laughs> and now he says, nope. And I said, wait a minute. You've been married like 20 years, right? Yep. And you never did that? Nope. Why? And he says, oh. I, I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't want to, I'm not interested in, and he, right. he does a finger point and he makes mm-hmm. that noise every time that's his thing. And so now just next time we're on our like Monday round table zooms, just casually mm-hmm. bring it up and he'll, mm-hmm. he, he's going to be on there and he'll finger point and do the finger guns. And, and I think that's really the way we should describe this, uh, swamp match. We just watched do it with me here. Three, two, one. See you next week right here on WHW Monday. <laughs> There's a camera here. Angle alert. I better run. Holy smokes. Vince Russo wanted to call her tor- Torpedo Girl. Major Guns, he wanted to call her Torpedo Girl. Mm-hmm. How about she's coming to the ring barefoot, bro? <laughs> we ain't looking at her... F- at her feet here, bro. Oh. <laughs> so, um, this is about to be the best match on the card. Are you ready for who she's got to uh, face here? I'm ready. Miss Hancock. Oh, man. It's going to be, uh, oh, man. A clothes tearing mud match. And this is the greatest wrestling pay per view <laughs> in history. Oh. Let me just send a text right now telling somebody how much I fucking hate them. (laughs) 
Well, this has some uh, this this has some potential. Just walk into the ring. Don't you agree? I'm pretty fired up about it. Yeah, I am too. Meltzer would say this was terrible mm-hmm. wrestling, but it delivered as much, if not more than promised with camera shots up Keebler's butt and guns implants being threatened by the size of her top way too long. Actually for the fans who came specifically to see this match, at least it delivered on what they came to see from it. Guns had a breast exposed, but was even mm-hmm. worse as they went to the gym and tried to work out a match, which was about as two kids on their front lawn. Guns wound up in a typical bikini. Hancock had very short shorts and a more conservative bikini top. She was down to they ended up in the mud. Hancock faked a cramp getting in the mud and she collapsed. Apparently doing a miscarriage angle and was pinned. Although the next night they explained that if she was pregnant with the tone of the announcement, a direct ripoff of Beulah and ECW years ago, guns and David flair freaked out as they stretched her out to an ambulance. I guess the big swerve here is they'll try and tease that Dave isn't the father. Hmm. I know we we say it so many times but every time I see Stacey Keebler what do you think that you want to smack David Flair in the mouth I told you I had to send a text telling somebody how much I hated him oh that's that's who you that's who the text went to (laughs) let me take closed captioning off it's getting in my line of sight here you know what? I'm going to send him a text, too. Did you just send it to him? Uh, let's send it at the same time. You ready? Yeah. Hold on. Let me fire it up here. Carry the one. <laughs> okay. Ready? Hang on. Watching WCW in 2000 with Tony. Friendly reminder. We fucking hate you. Mm-hmm. We both fucking yep. hate you. All right, on three. One, two, three, send. Very good. Oh, I'm well, all- we missed some things. Uh, Major Gun's shirt is off. Mm-hmm. That's all right. We got plenty to watch. You know, I would say the fans aren't Just into think- this because they're not jumping and cheering, but mm-hmm. people probably can't stand up right now. So they're just watching very intently. No one's playing on their phone. Stacy really got up in the air, didn't she? That time, kind of a leapfrog, showing some athletic ability. What? Is this the most Vince Russo thing ever, or what? Yeah. Well, this plus Judy Bagwell on a pole can't beat that. I would more rather have this than Judy Bagwell on a pole any day. Yes, I would too. But I just say the combination of all that. Why did he want to call her Torpedo Girl? Because of the old pinups of girls on missiles? No, because she had big torpedoes on her chest. And he was a Kiss fan, and there's a song called Torpedo Girl that H. Fraley did. And it's about a girl with big boobies? Yep. Gotcha. So, wait a minute. You're acting offended by these rap songs, but you were listening to uh, perverted kiss songs. They, but they didn't go out and use these words. Can't you leave anything to the imagination instead of going right out and saying it? Look at this, man. Look at this. she's Stacy, pretty athletic. Well, she was a former cheerleader. I get it, but she's very athletic. God dang. 
I hate it more with every passing minute of this. <laughs> this is without question the best match on the card so far. Yeah, yes, it is. I'm sure that if she gets a boob exposed, I'm sure the network edited it out. Well, Tony, don't act like it's like it's something you can't wait to see. We sent you her actual vagina in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Did you forget? (laughs) Oh, Eric Rottencrotch, great friend of the show. By the way, you got something else that's going to be showing up this week. Oh, no. And you're going to wear it out. Oh, no. Stop it. What? You guys, you, you know. Wait, hang on now. Let's run through this. Yeah, let's run through this. You guys are like scraping the bottom here. Making me say all these bad words on. Uh, Tony, we sent you shoes. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, so why are you mad at us? <laughs> I thought you were sending me some uh, another part of Major Guns Anatomy. I don't know. What? <laughs> Where would we even get that? I, I don't know. Where did you get the first one? Well, we got them from Tylene Buck's Twitter. Okay. Which, uh, that's major guns, by the way. And yeah. uh, if you go to at the Tylene Buck, make sure to do it when uh, your friends and family aren't around. You, too, can get yourself a little, uh, little pick-me-up. Really? Yeah. She's got stuff for sale over there. So even if they blur it out here on the network, you're still still in good shape. Here we go. Oh, man. You just knew that a boob was going to come out. Let me ask you. Did, <laughs> <laughs> when, were you there when they started putting this together? With this mud, are you the match or this mud hole? The the mud hole. Were you in the building when they started putting this together? No. When you came out and you thought about Starcade '83, (laughs) you know all these big moments Mm -hmm. that you grew up, you know, in the Mid Atlantic Territory and working for Jim Crockett Promotions, Mm -hmm. and you see a mud pit, yeah, like you were down at Dirty Dave's Bottoms Up booby bungalow saloon right off route four <laughs> were, were you at all regretful or ashamed of your life choices and career decisions yes oh there's the miscarriage this is the best shot of the night Oh my God, are you okay? Oh my God. <laughs> this is fucking terrible. <laughs> David Blair <laughs> jumps in there in the oh. suit. And of course, there's Charles Robinson selling it. You know, Charles Robinson's got to be thinking the same thing. Mm. You know, Russo always said. And and I always kind of agreed with the premise. He said he did things like this because he wanted his show to have something for everyone. 
Who was that for, Tony? I that's that was my next. Who who was that for? I don't know. For the drunk guys in the saloon that didn't get enough of what they had last night. I, I don't know. I. And now we're all concerned about Stacy. We all don't know what to do. Don't know what to say. Those fuckers behind us are excited, though. All right. Mean Gene. Oh, fresh off of the uh, Queen of the Ring cameo. <laughs> God bless him. He and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Now... I've, I've mentioned this before. Uh, we are watching this at Canyons, and Heenan uh, called Gene Tony. And everybody was sitting around me and went, oh, did he just call him Tony? I said, I think he did. And even Gene reacted to it. So it just shows you that Heenan and I were longtime close personal friends. It's a shame, isn't it, that we've lost both of those guys? It is. Really a, a shame. I really shame that Bobby's last years were like they were because I know his health was wasn't good, and I know his wife Cindy was there by his side the entire time, and his daughter Jess and. weird how time rolls on yeah it is <laughs> speaking of time here come a couple of guys ready to lick some kids the bushwhackers are here whoa yay oh uh. Before they were the bushwhackers and they were the sheep herders, they could bleed with the best of them. You ever seen any of their old old school matches? I have. They were hardcore, man. They were, man. Wow. Duke the Dumpster Drose, who's back on the uh, convention circuit, coming to a town near you for pictures and autographs. Probably one of your favorites. One of my favorites? I would, I would assume. I mean, it's a garbage man gimmick. I mean, how would Jim Hurd pitch that? <laughs> hey, got this idea. We're going to have the guy. It's a guy that you see at your house every week. He comes by every Tuesday, and he has a gar- he's a garbage man. And we'll give him a goddamn garbage can, and he'll take that goddamn garbage can. He'll put it over somebody's head. He'll goddamn drop kick, and that's how he win the goddamn match. Book it. And there's the uh, madman from the Sudan. Oh, 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 go fuck yourself. Uh, go fuck yourself. Everybody in Houston, go fuck yourself. Really kind of surprised I, I, I threw out madman of the Sudan and you, you had no comment. Well. <laughs> there's me. The earthquake. 
<laughs> By the way, that was not Abdul the Butcher, and I was hoping you'd correct me. But the Butcher, right? Did you even know that nickname, or are you just waiting? Yes, I knew Abdul the Butcher, the Madman of the Sudan. Are you mad? Because it was your fuck up, and you're trying to make it mine. No, I'm trying. Oh my god, I had to introduce Duke the Jumpster Dress at you because you didn't know who the fuck he was. Oh well, who's this then? I have no. Oh, this is the goon. Yes, Bill Irwin. You fuck. <laughs> I was trying to be funny and you just not. Yeah, boy. I mean, here's what I needed. Since you were already doing the impression and I called you the wrong name, you should have went full in with the Iron Sheik. Mm. Hypothetically, if you called the Iron Sheik the wrong name, what do you think his response would be? Go oh, fuck yourself. Ah, uh, Bubba. I, I break your back and fuck you an ass and make you humble. A motherfucking Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck a motherfucking Hulk Hogan. Fuck a motherfucking clown. Dude, the way he would just randomly just yell, worse than Michael Jackson. It's like, what? It's just the most random Iron Sheik, man. So this was the original oh, Doink yeah. the Clown? What the flying fuck? Who's the guy on the left? Downtown Bruno. Jesus Christ. Glad I missed him. What the fuck are you saying? What he was around wrestling fuck? forever. Oh, come on. Do you know who's kimchi on the right? I know uh, you, you no. used to eat him. What? <laughs> yeah. Do you know who kimchi was? I do not know who kimchi was. Did you ever hear of the Brooklyn brawler? Wow. You know, every now and again on this show, we talk about the good old days of Jim Crockett promotions and all the fun that Tony used to have running around with the horsemen. Of course, we famously told the story here on the show, or well, Tony did, where he once woke up with uh, jalapenos in his hair thanks to a trip to Whataburger in the middle of the night with Barry Windham. And of course, there was probably some alcohol involved. Now, these days, Tony can't drink like that because, well, as you get older, boy, that, that next morning, that's, that's a little rougher. Like my wife recently rededicated herself to fitness during the pandemic, and uh, she's got to get that daily workout in. It's a must. And up until recently, well, if, if we had any drinks the night before that next day, that workout was probably not going to happen, but now she drinks a Z biotics before any alcohol. And we know that she's going to be able to stick to her routine. And more importantly, I know I'll be able to get up at the crack of dawn and record these podcasts and still be sharp and alert. And a lot of that has to do with Z biotics. Let me explain Z biotics, pre-alcohol probiotic is the world's very first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Now, here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut, and it's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. It's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut where you need it most. Just remember to drink Zbiotics before drinking alcohol. Drink responsibly and get a good night's sleep to feel your best tomorrow. And this has been an absolute game changer for me and my family. As I mentioned, uh, my wife is up every morning at four 30 in the morning, headed to a workout and boy, uh, staying up drinking. That was not an option. Now it is, uh, and more importantly for us, we get to function like regular humans. The next day, we're almost turning back the hands of time, right? I remember when I, we were like in our early twenties and that was no problem, but now that we're in our forties, well, 
I still got stuff to do, bro. Uh, adulting is hard, but not thanks to Z-Biotics. The first time I tried it was when I was doing a night out with the boys. As instructed, I drank his bottle of Z-Biotics before I consumed any alcohol. And I really honestly was amazed at how good I felt the next day. And every time I've had Z-Biotics since, uh, it makes such a difference the next day. I know I'm going to be able to get up at the crack of dawn and record these podcasts and be at my best. Give Z-Biotics a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com forward slash WHW to get 15% off your first order when you use WHW at checkout. Now, Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Hey, and let me remind you guys 4th of July is right around the corner. So order a pack of Zbiotics for you and your friends to make sure you get it in time. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash WHW and use the code WHW at checkout for 15% off. And we want to thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring today's episode. How about, here you go. Here's your boy, Crusher. Yep. I mean, yeah, Crusher Crew Chef. I mean, yeah. demolition. I mean, <laughs> blacktop yeah. bully. Yeah. The repo man is the best, man. Can you believe the macho man missed some payments on his hat once? <laughs> uh, speaking of gimmicks you have a Jim Cornette impression no I don't god damn motherfucker it's pretty, pretty good hey is that Kevin Sullivan barking in the background and look at there there's old Eat McCrotch Nikolai <laughs> Volkov yeah <laughs> I miss Nikolai <laughs> You do? Yeah, I got to meet him once, and when I met him, he looked at Matt Coon and said, this guy needs to lose weight. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's how I know I'm picking the right friends to hang out with. <laughs> oh, and there he is himself. Oh, good God. Lois said to me, does he always dress that way in public when she saw him at the pop-ups party? Well, I, you should have I, said, he looks like he can host The View. <laughs> I said no. It's usually worse. He was dressed to the nines, wasn't he? Mm, the hat, the jacket, the vest, the shoes, the doot 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 shirt. Fuck, mm. uh, he had uh, man. Oh, there, that's me when the blue chew kicks in. <laughs> One man game. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing a chain with you, eh? That's how I got Megan. And check out who's next here. The gobbledygooker. Oh, my God. You just barely missed that, right? Because that was November of 90, and you were out of there right after yeah. Mania, right? Yeah, I just missed it, right? So you, would you have rather gotten stuck with the Gooker or RoboCop? <laughs> well, we're going to show the birth of the Gooker right here. Yeah. That's how John Michael came out. Oh, my God. I'm ready to put over Chris and Matt. <laughs> so chat me up. RoboCop oh. or Gooker? Uh, Gooker. Mm. Wow. Not a fan of RoboCop. No. How about Dusty's favorite? 
Favorite son-in-law? Shockmaster. Yeah. What do you like better, Tugboat or Shockmaster? Oh, Shockmaster for sure. Should I go as Tugboat for Halloween? I think I could be Tugboat. You could. Wait, why don't we be National Disasters? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Tony, it's uh, it's my and wedding that, anniversary, so you can't come. You got baseball or football or basketball or whatever. You were married well, on Halloween? How's Hillbilly Jim here? Is his phone still not ringing with opportunity? <laughs> huh. I feel like he should never leave the house. He got so many goddamn phone calls with opportunity. Huh. <laughs> if I had a magic phone like that, I'd never leave. Although I guess my phone is kind of magic because I text Arnold Anderson. He texts back. Yeah, apparently so. Mm. Was that bef- before it got confiscated by his former company? Yeah, apparently. So. Oh, my God. Oh, Wait, who is God. this? Who's uh, that? This guy. Stephanie, I'm back. Oh, gosh. Who is this? Uh, that's Brother Love, Bruce Pritchard. Oh. He had, uh, that's Bruce Pritchard. Never heard of him. Not with a T. Put a T on your back. Not anymore. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, he is back, isn't he? Back where? Mm, back. Cut. Cut is what Oakland said. What's a C and D? C and D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There goes Mr. Slaughter, my favorite He's- wrestling GI Joe. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> Does that bring back some good memories? Uh, for me? Yeah. No. Didn't bring back bad memories. Mm. I get all emotional when I see the Statue of Liberty. It's a cool little video montage. What do you think about the lights going around the stadium? It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Surprised they had that in the budget after they had to buy you guys out. Look over in the corner. You got Jim Cornette and Brother Love trading cheeseburger orders. <laughs> T, if you had to, if you had to place a bet, who would you go with? Just going this? over. Well, I would go with uh, Earthquake. Oh, that would be my guess because you always go with the biggest. Hope you didn't have money on the Gooker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, I did not see Tugboat going out that early. <laughs> so this followed the uh, TLC yeah. match, huh? In fairness, what could you do? You got you got to switch it up. No, you're right. This is the only thing it could. You couldn't. There's a lot of people in the beer line right now. Was Tugboat just he? Was he taken out? Oh, God, he's gone. Shit, that was my favorite. No, they're not going to have Michael Hayes win this thing, are they? What the flying fuck? I'm going to go with the goon. All right. What's your problem with Michael Hayes? Oh. I think it's two weeks in a row now. You've shit on him, isn't it? (laughs) Guess what? Next week will be three. (laughs) (laughs) You know what he said when he saw me? Same thing he always says. Who are you? I hate you, you motherfucker. So, well, I love you too, you little prick. 
He he got a promo on my ass at the wedding, but you were yeah, there. Yeah, no, he just. Did you go to the wedding? I officiated it. Oh, oh, that's right. Thanks, man. M- motherfucker. Thanks for not coming. Mm. You would have saw it if you were there. Well, I was on Halloween, and I'm busy in Halloween usually. Look at brother love, man. Hey, he's got a promo on me. Big time. Asked me for the hot mic, and I gave it to him, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> there goes the goon. Oh! Nikolai's gone. Goon's gone. We're losing some heavyweights here. Yes, there. Doink's still alive, putting people out. Hey! Hibbler Jim's going to be in here late, and so is Doink, I feel like. Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That means Hillbilly's next. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Doot, doot, dumped. <laughs> and, oh, there goes George Gray. <laughs> That's what I say when I go to the bathroom. Doot, doot, dumped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no presidency for Kamala or Kamala. <laughs> Look at Brother Love. Down to the final four. Oh, Brother Love. That's your next uh, baby onesie, isn't it? Do do dump. Look at there. Oh, oh, motherfucker! Oh, what? That was quick. Uh. How how long did you need it to go? <laughs> no, I mean it, it, it like escalated. There was like seven uh. people in there. Wait. Uh, oh, for no. good old USA, no for Iran. Good old USA, no for Iran. No, oh, the Cobra Clutch. Old country oh. way. Mm. Teddy Long Peanut Head Peanut Head I didn't know he was a ref That's enough That's enough motherfucker Holla holla (laughs) Oh he's going down Homie don't play that And you know what I mean Mm. But USA stands tall and proud amazing think about this uh april 1st 2001 you're at canyon's house sucking down some sausage okay no (laughs) i'm just i'm just thinking that we're still in a very uh (laughs) 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 you like that did you no i was trying to i was trying to be serious here and i shouldn't so i have a cool off tying one arm behind his back and Mm-hmm. I think that's all you need whenever you're watching a Whitney Wright video, just one arm. <laughs> it's, you're probably right. You know, the thing about this is that this match is that, that Paul Jones in his day was a, was a great competitor. He really was. He was a big star for, the, for, the, uh, for Florida Championship Wrestling and for uh, Crockett Promotions and for Georgia. He, he really, uh, of course, you know, he recently passed away. But he really was a great, great wrestler. He was, you know, one time the Florida heavyweight champion, and they did this angle where he took the Florida heavyweight belt and he threw it in the bay at St. Petersburg Bay because he didn't like the people in Florida. Off the bridge there. He and Ricky Steamboat were world tag team champions. He was the U.S. champion. He was the world television champion, was Paul Jones. Never was that good on a promo. 
But, man, he was pretty good in the ring. And of course, Ivan Kolov, one of the great, one of the greats of all time. Did you ever see the Ivan Kolov, Pedro Morales match? No. Or Pedro won world title. I saw that. I, th- I think I saw it on YouTube years ago, and I'm sure that it's. I'm not so sure if it's on there anymore. No, wait a minute. Now that I think about it, I watched it when I worked for the WWF uh, back in '89 when I was going through, you know, all the archives and the library. It was a great scene because it was it was Madison Square Garden, and uh, Pedro was uh, a big star there with the you know the Puerto Rican uh, fans they had there, and when he pinned Ivan Koloff, the police jumped up and they all stood on the apron of the ring facing out to the crowd, while Pedro celebrated with his I don't know with I guess he had like seconds or manager or whatever, and it. To me, it had an impact on me because it was a great scene. It made it seem like how big it made the world title seem bigger than life because all those police and the celebration going on in the ring. Uh, I don't I don't think I've ever seen anything like that since. But um, this is the most subdued, quiet Tony Schiavone ever. Really? In addition to your penis coladas, did you also have some weed gummies? No. No. No, I didn't. Okay. But I was in Alabama recently, and, and you know, you can't buy CBD uh, gummies in Georgia, but you can buy them in Alabama. Yes, you can. As you probably know. But unfortunately, I was at Auburn, which is not really in Alabama, nor is not really in Georgia. It's like kind of right there on the line to where no one wants to be. And I'd like to say this, and I'm sure that one Alabama fan does not listen to our podcast. But if he does, I'm going to dare him to come up to our press box and say what he said again to us. Who? What? Okay, so here's what happened. I get there on Friday to set up the broadcast at Jordan-Hare Stadium. And they move our press box from a very good vantage point around the 40-yard line. They move it to the end zone. Brand new press box, very nice, got to say very spacious. But the vantage point to be able to call a game is almost impossible. So I send a picture to Scott Howard, our play-by-play guy. I, I click a picture of the vantage point. Scott takes it, and he puts it on Twitter. And, of course, Scott says how terrible the vantage point is. So that leaves, lays the groundwork for this story. Game day, Scott's in the Scott's down front doing the, the pregame show. Eric Zier's his color guy. Down front at our broadcast is Eric Zier, Neil Honda Williamson, Scott Howard, and my son Chris. They're the four down front, and I'm staying in the back. And this guy walks up, and I'm hearing this guy as Scott's trying to do a segment. And he said, Scott Howard, if you don't want to do it, then we don't want you here in Auburn. And I, I go fucking nuts. I take my headset off. I throw it down. I go run it down because I'm going to kick this guy's ass. I'm not, but I'm I'm really pissed off now. And Chris Schiavone pushes me back. He says, stay away from this guy. So he pushes me back. I don't get to go down the front, the front row. 
put the headset back on. The guy walks down. The guy turns around and looks back up towards us, and I'm popping the bird. Just keep popping the bird as he's looking at us. I keep both birds up in the air like, fuck you, you piece of shit. Come back here again. So what I wanted to say was, fuck that guy and fuck that school and fuck that stadium and fuck that damn press box and fuck them all. We beat you motherfuckers again. Fuck you. Roll title now. Motherfuckers. I like when you I'm sure we've got a lot of Auburn fans who like our bro- podcast and are pissed off at me right now. But you Michael. just need to see how the, the way we've been treated there. So fuck them. Well, uh, you know, a great friend of the show, Cole Kublik, he's an Auburn grad. Yeah, fuck him. Well, thank you. Uh, Cassio Kid, he's a huge Auburn fan. Yeah, well, he's a fucking idiot anyway. Just, I mean, I, I've never been so pissed off. You know, it's it's very easy to stand outside of a press box. There's a ledge, you you and run your fucking mouth. Of course, you know now that at, we won the game, we barely won the game. We held on at the end, and when the final gun sounded, the buzzer went off, and it was zero. I'm looking down because I know where that motherfucker's sitting because I'm watching him the whole game to see if he's going to start any more shit, which he didn't. So I'm so I looked down to where he was. He had already gone. Great fan. He had already left. Fuck him. <sighs> anyway, I'm fired up. I like when you're fired up. Yeah, I I don't get fired up about much. I, I Listen, I was uh, recently with the Georgia basketball team in, in Maui, and I, I just don't – I just do my job. I don't get fired up about basketball. There's a lot of Georgia football games I don't get fired up about. But there are two games, two games I always get fired up about, and we have them every year, Florida and Jacksonville and Auburn. I get fired up about those. There's a videotape on YouTube that Georgia fans watch before the Auburn game, and it's called Never Forget. And it's about the 2010 season when Cam Newton, and that was the year they won the national championship, and it was more about Nick Fairley and the – the dirty shit that he did during that entire game to Aaron Murray. It's called Never Forget. And it, it, it changed the complexion of the Auburn-Georgia rivalry. It really did. I never forgot. I can tell you that. Oh, look at that bl- attempted a blow by Paul Jones. Oh, this is... He's going to beat him. My goodness. What do you make of this? I don't know. What were we thinking? Oh, look at this. And now the two Russian assassins, Paul Jones's henchmen, attacking Ivan Koloff after he got the win. And he's still got that hand tied behind his back. This is a terrible show, and I feel bad for it our, is. Our, our listeners it's, who I selected this for. I was looking for an anniversary show and thought, hey, Clash of the Champions, Chattanooga. Yeah. And by the way, there is an interesting spot here with J.J. Dillon when he's taking on the Midnight Express. Um, I don't know. I like the main event. It's topical because of the Dusty Roads thing. It's yeah. a, it, the next match, as crazy as this is, talk about weird booking. It's a singles match for the control of the six-man tag team championship. 
Oh, which, by the way, one of those belts resides in my uh, attic, as you may know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You told me you gave it to some band fuck. I didn't say that. I said, I think, did I say that? Uh, who knows what you said? You also said you'd give it to me in 2017 or damn near goddamn 2020. Okay. I can't wait to see a negative three star match. Negative three and a half star. Sandman uh, coming to the ring, already drinking a beer right through the curtain. Yeah. Busted open from the beer can. Yeah. Stevie Richards, fresh off of his uh, cup of coffee in WCW. Yeah. Oh, man. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, okay, so, you know, uh, you were talking about these security guys. These are like some of the security guys that we had at StarCast, right? No, it's Atlas Security. It's the exact same. Okay. I hired these guys. So they're, they're not gimmick security guys. They are shooting security guys that they hired at ECW. Yeah. Okay. The best in the business. Yeah. Which, by the way, recently, you know, we had David Crockett uh, at our show in Charlotte. And it, when I'm sitting there talking to David, David sitting between you and me, I, I immediately thought, you know what? We ought to have Doug Dellinger here. So maybe the next time we're in the Charlotte area, we can dig him out. Well, the trouble is he lives in Fort Myers. <laughs> well. We, we had a whole conversation about this in the back, but at your advanced uh, age, you've already forgotten. Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember that. Mrs. Thompson said, where's Doug Dillinger these days? And then yeah. he said, oh, he's moved down to Fort Myers, but he has to come up here and visit the grandkids every now and again. Oh, oh yeah. I do remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I think my, I was thinking about Francine's panties at that time, which I often do think about pitching coach Ray Miller. What it says. What do you think Ray Miller's up to? I don't know. Uh, Ray Miller was a long time. <laughs> Look at that. Cigarette in the side of his mouth, blood coming down his head, and a beer in one hand. Kendo stick in the other. Huh? There's a pro wrestler. <laughs> Are you shit talking? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> oh, Klondike God. Klondike Bill was a pro wrestler. Who was? <laughs> Klondike Bill. Yeah. Excuse he was. And you're saying Sandman can't be? No, I'm just saying. The, I'm, no, I'm just saying the look right there. Okay, I mean, how many times do you do you take a shot of a guy getting ready to go in the ring with a cigarette in the side of his mouth and a can of beer in one hand? Come on, it's just, it's just, a, it's a shocking visual. Not for me. I mean, there's many of wrestlers that went in the back had a cigarette and a beer, but never came to the ring. Jack Briscoe smoked and had a beer. But he never brought it to the ring. Okay. Here he is, Sandman, four-time All-American, Florida State. <laughs> Bobby Bowden's favorite out of Warner Robins, Georgia. How much longer do you think we can keep this up before Jim Ross absolutely smacks the shit out of one of us? <laughs> oh, JR's got a great sense of humor. I know. He's been making fun of me for years. That's fine. I, I know he is. I know. In his Jim Barnett voice. Her. Her. Oh, Connie's got those sweet cheeks. Oh. Her. <laughs> you do have rather, uh, you do have sweet cheeks. You know, you do have a, a real. Well, you've seen both sets. Which one's sweeter? <laughs> Can I tell the story? Sure. <laughs> so. All right, this little behind-the-scenes shit. 
okay. I pull in early to the comedy zone in Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> and the comedy zone is in this, you know, there's a it's a big building. There's other there's restaurants and everything. And I pull in and I don't I don't know where the fuck I'm going. So I send Conrad a text. I'm in the parking lot. And I said, <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, how do I get in? <laughs> Conrad's text was, I <laughs> try the door. It worked for me. <laughs> so I go to the green room and open the door. And apparently Megan is giving you the Iggy that I'm getting ready to walk through the door. <laughs> and I walk through the door. <laughs> and Conrad has his ass up in the air. <laughs> I just happened to be walking through the door at the time you were changing clothes. And there you were standing on top of the couch or the table or whatever with your ass up in the air. So... That's how my day started. I wasn't changing clothes. I just wanted you to see it. And I knew you wouldn't be ready for it. So I knew you were coming in and and I said, Hey, is he, is Tony by himself? And she looked and she said, yeah. And so then there they go. Cause I didn't know, like, did somebody tag along? If you had one of the kids with you, I wasn't going to do it. If it was Chris, I would, but yeah, you know, if it was Lori or something, I wasn't going to do it, but yeah. Oh, he's by himself. Here you go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, two things here in a small room like that. If you're going to show your ass, everybody's going to see it. Sure. Big ass, small room. Right. And number two, I would never bring my daughter with me. She's not allowed to come to our shows. Good. Cause I don't want, look at this. Oh, good God. He just threw the ladder at him. I know and he, he, that ladder could have easily skipped off and hit a fan. How many, you know, there had to be fans getting hurt in these shows. I mean, I don't know if it happened a lot, but I mean, they were right there at ringside. They did some crazy shit. You know, you know, obviously they had beer splattered on them, probably blood splattered on the fans and fans had just had to get fucking hurt all the time. What about this match? Didn't Meltzer like chat me up on this. Sabu beat Sandman in 20 minutes and 55 seconds of a tables and ladders match. Probably never have two men pulled out so many stops and tried so hard, done so many impressive spots in such a horrible match. These two missed more spots badly than Reggie white did against Steve McMichael. They made Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper age in the cage match. Look like a flare steamboat classic, a collection of spots using tables. So pathetically and obviously gimmicked and ladders, most of which missed Sandman who went into the match injured, screwed himself up doing somersaults through tables, trying to pull the match out of the toilet. What made it the worst match of the year was that even after they had for the most part killed the crowd as there was no heat, except for the chance, whatever, whenever a table broke, they kept doing the same stunts over and over and the match never ended. There were people who thought this was the best match of the show as they probably went through 10 tables and tried so many daredevil spots in the process and Sabu at least hit on every springboard spot, but the crowd was dead and the work was horrible. What they did between the tables and ladder spots was like watching Jim Duggan against Ahmed Johnson, probably more due to Sandman being injured as there was almost nothing he could do, but destroy himself. At one point, Sabu threw fire, but the crowd and the camera were so distracted that the effect of it was lost and he missed anyway. 
Sandman was about to hit Alfonso when Sabu drop kicked him off the top. And Sabu then delivered an Arabian face buster with the ladder onto Sandman for the pin. Sandman was out in the ring for a long time and got a good, polite reaction from the fans leaving, who did appreciate how hard he worked and how much he destroyed himself physically. Negative three and a half stars. Whoa, man. That's uh, that they crucified him on that. By the way, it got uh here's here's what's fun about this, because it is a split opinion on this match. All right. It came in second by one vote for the best match poll in the readers from the wrestling observer. But it also won in a runaway the worst match poll. So it came in second, nearly won best match, but it ran away with worst match. Just goes to show you can't please everyone. Well, it, it just proves to me that, you know, when people get really upset about what's in a newsletter and you, you've been guilty of that at different times. Sure. It's just a dude's opinion. Right. So, no, I mean, it's not like, you know, when an appraiser comes to your house, if you're going to sell your house or refinance your house or get a loan on your house, whatever you have an appraiser come out. And he doesn't tell you what the value of your house is. He gives his opinion of what the value of your house is. It's very subjective. And that's the same thing with wrestling to me, or for that matter, all art. It's very subjective. What you like, I may not like and vice versa. So that's his opinion, man, that it's negative three and a half stars. By the way, I love the fan who put a little target on the table. That was hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> It's just his opinion, and yeah, everybody's right. got different ones here. I get it. But, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to argue with you on this. I, I, but, And I agree with opinions, but if, if, if opinions were – if they were uninfluenced opinions by politics, I would say, yeah, I agree with it. But a lot of these opinions that we saw on dirt sheets were influenced because of the guys who called him. And that's where that's where I kind of draw the line. Um, but anyway, so much for that. Uh, and these guys are working hard. I, I think it's funny that that he said in that in the write up about this match got a polite applause. Hey, guess what? Ain't nothing polite about this crowd at all. <laughs> I love that word polite in an ECW event. What's he going to fucking do here? Oh, he's going to use the chair to spring over the top and hit the top. Fuck. That's a hell of a spot, buddy. That is a hell of a spot. Chair, rope, table. And yeah, the table's gimmick. Why fucking not? Didn't want to kill the guy. Well, I guess they did want to kill each other. Sandman was injured before the match, huh? Yep. I mean, everybody is a CCW. Yeah, I mean, right. Tommy Dreamer wrestled in a fucking boot. Ah, look at he said, "Oh my god, fuck, Jesus, <sighs> crazy shit, man." Without question, <laughs> I'm gonna get it over. I'm gonna get correct. I'm gonna get it over. <laughs> yeah, without question, over. Oh, good God. What are you thinking of this uh, spectacle? 
I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. It's amazing that these fucking guys can even even walk in their later careers. I, I know some of them can. I'm sure, but fuck. Sabu could do a lot of great shit, man. But and look at that. We still got. All right, hang on a second. With, with and I haven't been paying that much attention to around the ring. There was a table on every side of the ring, or do they just keep putting up tables? Yeah, Sabu keeps putting up tables. Okay. Well, I mean, Sandman does too, but they're just setting yeah. up crash spots constantly. All right. There's not like a, a guy in the back running around setting them up. It's just these two guys. All right, I got it. And, and perhaps Fonzie, you know. Yeah. So Sabu has told Fonzie, move the table. I don't know what he said for him to do, but. Oh, um, look at this. There's absolutely no way. There's absolutely no way to rehearse this shit. Okay. You just got to tell your opponent, I'm going to throw a ladder at you. It's going to hit you. You know, they, they, they choreograph a lot of shit in wrestling these days. There's no way to choreograph this. You just had to go with the flow on this. I'll put you right here. Oh, by the way, I'm going to climb up top and I'm going to jump on you. I'm not going to just jump on. I'm not going to just jump on you. I'm going to jump on you with the ladder. What's he fucking doing? That they're just improvising here. The improv. Oh, what the? He missed completely. Missed that spot, didn't he? There's a reason this got negative three and a half stars. Yeah, he, yeah, he fucked that spot up. Yeah, you know what? I, I, there's, there's a lot that Melcher wrote that I'm agreeing with here. That they're, they're, they're in the midst of a clusterfuck and they know it, so they're just trying to uh, up the wow factor here. And a lot of times it's not working. So he's going to go up top. I certainly hope he connects. Uh, and then it comes down to this, Conrad. If you've seen them go through one table, by the time that goes through the sixth table, it loses the effect, right? That's exactly right. You know, if it's used as a, as a real high spot, yeah. you know, then it's cool. But if there's, if there's 30 of them, they mean less and less each time. Yeah. And you know, you can have these big spectacles because Lord knows I loved them, but eventually, you know, they become less meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, and see, uh, that uh, there you go. Spectacular move by Sandman, almost like a corkscrew plancha or whatever you want to call it, Mike, today. And uh, the fans sitting on their hands because it meant nothing by this time. It's a case too much. I got it. But still, just the visual of all this, this stuff is crazy. You take one of these spots, just take one of these spots out. And show somebody the video of like one of these spots, they're going to say, holy shit, that had to be a great match. But then you let them show, let them see the entire match. And all of a sudden you get high spot fatigue as a fan. And that's what they got here. Miss that. I feel like we need a, uh, a high spot fatigue shirt. I agree. I like that. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Book it there at LoisRules.com, where you can get your T-shirts. Plus, you can get a call from Tony Giovanni. Right, Conrad? Eventually. 
without question. Yeah, high spot fatigue is what we got. What was Sandman's injury coming into this? Was it a leg injury or a back injury or a fucking neck injury? Had to have something to do with the spine. Life. <laughs> His injury was <laughs> life. Injured by life. Life gig me. Uh, fuck. I feel like you're on a roll today. Oh, man. I, I just. How can you not be on a roll watching a ECW event? It just brings out the best and worst in y'all in, in one. Oh, that oh, oh, oh that sucks. <laughs> uh, you ever see a why? monkey fuck a football? <laughs> What's that? You ever see a monkey fuck a football? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Monkey fucking the football gimmick. Uh, just leave the ladders alone, guys. Oh, yeah. Why not pin him? Oh, he kicks out. He's been hit with thousands of ladders, 800 tables, a couple of chairs, but he can still kick out. What the fuck? Yeah, I agree. As much as I, once I like the visual of this, this is not, this is not good at all. But then again, other people had an opinion and they liked it. What's he got in his hand here? Is Sabu still performing? Is he still out there performing? Yeah, he's making appearances all the time. I'm talking about uh, wrestling. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll set up a table, hit you with a chair, whatever you want. Wow. Well, he's got to be in his 50s now, one would think, right? 40s, late 40s, 50s, whatever. Well, what does that matter? You're still performing. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, you don't see me take a table shot. He'll be, uh, he'll be 54 next yeah. month. You'll find out when you get in your 50s, slow down a little bit. You know, I was in, uh, I was in my 50s when I shit on the floor here at the house. So it happens. I did. I mean, look, you laugh, okay? You laugh. You're in your 30s. You're in your 30s, 40s, 20s. You raise your leg up, and you're going you're gonna to be the life of the party. You raise your leg up at the house during Thanksgiving dinner. You go, everybody goes, Dad. But then when you get in your 50s, you raise your leg up, and all of a sudden you shit your pants. It happens. It's part of being it's part of being old. I have no idea where this came from, but <laughs> just, there you go. Talking about my shit. Well, you, you talked about, you know, Sabu wrestling in his fifties, and then you just said, I shit the floor in my fifties. <laughs> I had high spot fatigue. <laughs> just shit right on the floor. <laughs> Oh, good God. So you said. Yeah. High spot fatigue. Yeah, believe you me. It's legit. It's legit because I'm worn out right now. Why don't we have another Jeff Jones run in just for the hell of it? (laughs) He's one of the big high spots in this show. (laughs) You know, these days, though, you know, Jeff Jones is uh, sort of borrowing Tommy Rich's gimmick. What's that? He's, Somebody he's, say something about crabs. 
Jeff Jones basically lives at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Okay. I, I had a feeling you were talking about seafood and not the kind that was in his crotch. Oh, no. That would require human companionship. <laughs> and he has none, right? No, I'm not saying that. Why are you, why are you being mean to Jeff Jones? <laughs> well, you said crabs, fucker. I didn't. Well, they you're got, the one that's... They got you're the the one that's look, I've been in wrestling. When I think of crabs, I don't think... When I think of crabs, I don't think about the time kinds you eat. I think about the kind that Terry Taylor had in his pants. Wait, Terry Taylor had crabs? Did I say that? Yeah. Did you did uh, you like run a little baby comb through there for him? Oh. Meanwhile, the match still going on and face first sap going up top. Whoa. And that's that's a pretty good spot. But after you've been hit by a million tables, what the fuck does it matter? By the way, if you want to see what I really think about Terry Taylor, join us on Patreon and take a look at the latest edition of Slapdick Theater. And that will kind of explain all. That's patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. By the way, there's a lot of people uh, online who say that our show sucks now because uh, you say the word Patreon. And the show was good, but when you started saying the word Patreon, it, uh, it just, the show went to shit, it sucked. Your response? Yeah, fuck them. Oh, off the top. Really? Because I say Patreon? Yeah, it, that, the word, that, that word makes the show suck. I've read that feedback a lot. Okay. It was a great show, except you talked about Patreon. And In other words. I don't, I don't like Patreon. Don't talk about Patreon. I got it. I, I, I understand. They're saying Shivani is shilling. Well, guess what? I've been a shill my entire fucking life. Okay. Why don't you why don't you tune in to uh let's see tune in to uh JJ's podcast and fall the fuck asleep. How about that? Okay. Why, Fuckers. Why, why are you getting hot about it? It's just an opinion. Everybody's got their own opinion. It's subjective. Uh Fonzie got the Kendo stick. You know what the Kendo stick's called? Singapore cane. No, it's called a Patreon. Oh, that's the yeah, that's the that's the Polish term for it, Patreon. <laughs> so he's got the Patreon. Oh, oh my God, those flying Patreons! Oh, he oh. threw it right into the Patreon with steps. Yeah. I know Patreon with steps. Wooden Patreon. Oh, look at Sandman that! Sandman blocked the uh, the Patreon shot there. Yeah, All right. His hat is made by a company out of. A company out of Canada called Patreon Inc. The hat that fell off. Oh, oh my God. Oh. He kicked him right in the Patreon. Yes, he did. Fonzie trying to get up, but he goes on the outside. The referee looks over and says, give me that Patreon. No, I want it. The referee's got the Patreon now. Oh, wait. And Sabu has set Sandman up on Patreon. Oh, oh my God. Oh, Sam, Sabu climbing to the top. He's got the Patreon in his hand. Oh, oh my God! Right in the face. He hit him in the face with Patreon. Oh, he did, and not only that, he hit him in the face with one of the uh, one of the Patreon trademarks. As you know, the uh, Patreon trademark is orange, and the top of that Patreon ladder is orange. Oh my gosh! Oh my God! Absolutely, man. I I don't know about you. I'm kind of getting Patreon fatigue right now. Somebody say something about Patreon. <laughs> Roll the credits. We won't beat it. We won't beat it. Yeah, Tommy, we did. Thank you very much. 
Hey, is Jim Barnett around? No, he's dead, Tommy. Okay. Uh, Sabu going to go up. He's got that Patreon ladder again. That's the smaller version. The bigger version is available at patreon.com forward slash WHW money. Absolutely. And somebody's trying to call me. Holy the Arabian shit. face buster with the ladder. That's oh. got to be it. Sandman's even had the asshole of his pants torn out. That's it. The crowd did not pop for the Arabian face buster, but there's the polite applause that Meltzer mentioned. It was a car crash. A lot of people have talked about this as being the worst match ever on ECW pay-per-view, but it was a car crash. Yeah. And of course it was just too much. Absolutely too much. Well, I got to say, with the exception of a couple of things leading to the main event here, with the exception of the way Beulah looked, uh, I think our buddy Jeff Jones kind of stole the show a couple of times. Oh, my gosh. Listen to you. Yeah, I do. Listen, uh, I'm going to talk to As soon as we finish here, I'm going to call Jeff. And I'll say, Jeff, did you oversell those spots a little bit, you think? Fuck. We could call him and find out. <laughs> and put him on with us? Nah, nobody wants him on. No, yeah, okay, because he probably asked asked for money. No, I, no, he's cool. I think you know, it would just start a whole new Matt Coon feud. Yeah, let's not do that. I, you know, I kept Jeff in the divorce. Yeah, I, I, I want to say something. Uh... One, two, three. Are you still with us? Are you? you yeah. Gotta, okay. Gotta talk to the yeah. wife. Don't you just yep. yell to clean up the fucking dog hair and get back to your goddamn job here on Patreon. <laughs> over the over the top. Look at this. It's a Patreon leg drop. <laughs> uh, well, you know what, Conrad, as an old wise man once told me, I think about 20 minutes ago, it's an opinion. You can't please everyone. So if you're. Look, see, there it is. That thing could have easily skipped right over the top and hit somebody. Here it is again. Oh, man. Yeah, too much. But come on, guys. Get through this replay. I want to see Francine. What the fuck are we doing? I got to see these thousand chair shots and table shots and Patreon nut shots and all this shit. Fuck. Let's go to Francine. Come on. They're going to show another one, aren't they? Don't you motherfuckers. Don't you dare show another replay. Don't you dare. Three, two, one. They queued up another tape or are they going live? Thank God that's over. So, uh, uh, chat me up about this, Conrad, uh, before we get to the match, how was the match received with Shane Douglas and Bam Bam Bigelow? Not good. Uh, too long is, uh, the common theme. They go 25 minutes, you know, Bigelow is north of three It's probably too long for him. The night stalker and Sid vicious collide next. By the way, that, that match, in case you're wondering. 
gets negative three stars. Wade would say rule number one to turning a heel into a baby face. Do not have him threaten the number one baby face in a pre-match interview. Rule number two, do not turn him by having two new wrestlers attack him. Both rules broken. Pee Wee Anderson at one point stopped Sid's arm in mid motion from hitting stalker. Timing was off the whole match after getting clubbed and pinned with a huge ax stalker got right up and attacked Sid. And they say the sheets exposed the business. Negative three stars. Wow. How about this fucking, this look here, this character. Did you see the, the, the video font, what it said? With Ox Baker. Ain't no Ox Baker here. It's true. Unless he's going to do some sort of run in here. You don't recognize him, do you? I was hoping you would acknowledge oh, yeah. this. Yeah, that's uh, that's Rath. There you go, Brian Clark. Brian Clark. And here he comes, Sid Vicious, looking as only he can look. He one of the best looks in the history of wrestling. Yeah. That's right. All right, here's here's the interview. I'm going to play it for the audience. With you, I'm coming right up to Houston's thing. You know one thing. I could beat you on my worst ball because Sid Vicious rules the world. So, Sting is the most overt person in the in the biz, uh, or in, on this side of the pond, anyway. And he's uh, he's been called out here. I don't get it. He's supposed to be a baby face now. Right. Why is he still saying I rule the world and I can beat you on my worst day? Yeah. Because we don't, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We didn't. Did you prefer Sid in the little trunks he wore in the WWF or in this singlet that he wore here in WCW? I like the singlet. It was a very unique look. The black singlet's better though. Really? Yeah, like the action figure version. Yeah, okay. I don't. But yeah, but I'm glad he wore the red here since Night Stalker was in black. But every time you looked at Sid, just the arms and the traps, just pumpkins on his shoulders, man. Yeah, man. Oli, who was the booker here, really loved the tough guy babyface, and I guess that's why he had Sid do that interview. You know, we should do something next week. I know I'm signing up for more work. Uh, what if we did two shows next week? Uh, what uh, if what if we did two? What if we did Starcade eighty four? Uh, drop it on Thanksgiving. We'll drop it on Monday. You can listen to it on Thanksgiving. Well, I guess it's Wednesday. So same thing. On Patreon Monday. But what if for Patreon, me and you did Survivor Series 1990? Uh, I don't have time for all that. I wish I did. It's the debut of the gobbledygooker and the undertaker. We can do it next Thanksgiving. Or we can do Survivor Series this Thanksgiving and not do Starcade. Nah, we got too many JCP apologists here on the show. We got to do Starcade. 
Okay, for you JCP apologists, do us a favor. Go to the network. Hit play on Star on Star K eighty four right now. Right now, and then and tell us tell us what you thought about it. No, like <laughs> start it send, right now. Send us a tweet. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Uh, Gobbledy Google. Oh Lord! Here comes Curtis Hughes again. What the fuck? Luger hit him. He walked away. He came back down. <laughs> Just come down and take a big fucking bump. He's going to hit him with the axe. This is some shit here, isn't it? Yeah. Now he's just going to get right up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And how about that pin? He He was kicking out in three. On the pin. Wow, this is brutal. Yeah. We sure know how to t- we we sure knew how to take uh potential big stars and make them look like shit, didn't didn't we? And speaking of looking like shit, let's go. There you go. Look at this shit. It's not very active on social media. But if you want your weekly fix of Tony Schiavone, he's got a radio show, man. So you can listen online and, and enjoy that every single Wednesday. And follow us at PWW929. That's PWW929 on Twitter, as well as uh, PWW929. And now here we go. All right, Bobby the Brain Heenan and the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes Dream. Uh, we have seen quite a clusterfuck of a night. Well, I just let me tell you a couple of things about what we're going to see. I booked something like this back in 1988. And now they've taken it to a whole new level, a brand new, whole new level. Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage and the Mega Powers are going to try to go through the gauntlet, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Well, it, it, it never seems to work. Hogan comes in. Look at look at this structure over here to my left. Hogan comes in. He takes over the promotion. And now he's going to Macho Man Randy Savage are going to start at the, I guess, the top of the cage and move their way all the way down and beat up every motherfucker in the ring to prove that Hulk Hogan is the biggest star in the sport. He doesn't have to prove that to anybody, especially not to you, Shivani, because we all know. Yeah, that's right. We all do know this. Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage, the mega powers, if you will, will be going through not one, not two, not three, not five, but eight fucking men. Thumbs it up to that. Working their way all the way down. Yes. And they have to pin or they, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what, what do you want to say, Eden? There are no rules, you stupid, fat Italian motherfucker, because Hulk Hogan's in this thing. It's his rules. We're all playing by his rules. Don't you understand that? It's his rules. So don't go telling me about rules, you stupid piece of shit. 
Well, you know, he's right about that. There are no rules. And I know Kevin Sullivan is a booker, and I was the booker. And Kevin said, should we do this, help Hulk Hogan put himself over? And I said, Hulk Hogan does not need to be put over because he is Hulk Hogan. He's bigger than anybody here. He's bigger than the booty man. He's bigger than the nature boy, Ric Flair. At least he thinks he is. And he's bigger than the ultimate solution. Do you know, Bobby Heenan, they've got a guy here called the ultimate solution. Do you realize what that's from? Yep, I realize what that's from. That's from World War II. Fuck, what are we doing? Let's go to the ring. I'm glad you brought that up because originally he was named the final solution, but there were lots of complaints from Jewish organizations at the uh, Turner corporate office. So you guys changed it. Uh, The ultimate solution. He was better known as Jeep Swenson. He wrestled in world class in the eighties, even had uh, some matches with Bruiser Brody there. And then he was in no holds barred as a pit fighter. Uh, He also played James Conn's bodyguard and bulletproof. Right. And I believe he was Bane in Batman and Robin. So yes, he was. He, right. he did a lot of stuff, but unfortunately, he passed away just about a year after this and um, 1997. He was only 40 years old. But Hulk Hogan, Davy Boy Smith, James Caan, they were all there to speak at his funeral. So he was a, a well liked guy. Did you ever have any interaction with uh, Jeep? No, I never did. But Jeep was well known to have the biggest arms in all the world. Look at this spectacle here with unbelievable pyro and what a contraption. Tony, how long did it take Klondike and company to build this fucking, like, I don't even know. What would you call that? I mean, I don't want to call it the doomsday. That's hokey. Yeah, this monstrosity. I, yeah. I, I, I think Klondike may, may not have been involved in this. I think this was a series of uh, welders and uh, architects. And I mean, there's a, there was a lot of money put into this. To just to build it, to get it up. But there was a lot of money put into this to design this thing, too. And again, it's WCW spending more money than it needs to spend for something like this. If I'm at ringside, front row ringside, Can't and see bought shit. seats, I'm pissed off. Can't see shit. Yeah. I am really pissed off because the main event, the thing, the doomsday cage, the thing that we've been selling the whole thing about is now all the way down to my left or all the way down to my right. I'm really pissed. A rare Ric Flair entrance with no robe. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a Ric Flair match if there's no robe. I mean, I I don't think you could count many times that that ever happened, but it happened here. And there, of course, is Arn Anderson, who uh, is definitely dressed differently as well. The Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, and, of course, Lex Luger with Jimmy Hart. So you got lots of managers here because, unfortunately, Rick came to the ring with two women who have now passed away, both woman Mm -hmm and Miss Elizabeth, and they're all going to single file up these series of staircases here. It's a, it's an interesting contraption and concept, but I thought the same thing you just talked about, like how much fucking money did they spend on this thing? If you had to ballpark a guess between designing it, constructing it, you know, the whole deal, what do you think the investment in this contraption was? It's north of 10 grand. Oh, it's well above that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, of course, you know, you're, you're in, into housing and, and building and things like that, you know, better than I do. And this is 1996, but a lot of the money is put into the design of this. Well, and you've also got guys who get an order like this and they realize, oh, this is for Turner home entertainment. Oh, this is for a big television company. 
right. Oh, this is a pay-per-view. Well, I'm going to fucking hit a lick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you can see Arn here walking around like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? Right. I'd much rather be in Pensacola giving spine busters, but instead I'm in fucking Tupelo and sweatpants on chain mill. Interesting thing here. And then I noticed this when it happened, Kevin Sullivan being the booker now is talking to Arn and Rick about what they're, what to do, <laughs> telling him exactly what they're going to do. Call little spots here. Let him know which way Hulk Hogan will come in. Uh, I thought that was very interesting that the booker was calling some shots in front of the camera here. Well, but you know, if you're at home, he, he sort of positioned himself as the architect behind the end of Hulkamania. So it makes sense that he would be sort of calling the shots. I, I do chuckle at Arn Anderson here in his goddamn pajamas, uh, <laughs> thinking about, um, how silly this was. Uh, <laughs> oh, what, what a cage now. Um, uh, it's uh, it's it's eight men total, uh, the Barbarian and Ming, uh, the Taskmaster Luger, Flair, and Arn, and then uh, the Ultimate Solution and Z Gangster or G Gangster. Which one was it? It's, it's Z Gangster. Here he comes, Hulkamania <laughs> running wild. Bum, 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 bum. And he's going to point up. I'm going to go up to the cage, yo. Pasta rules, baby. And now, again, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Big deal. And again, here, I'm a ringside fan, and I'm going to get a chance to see Hulk Hogan up close. Nope, you're not. The guys who paid a lot less money are going to and get the high fives from the macho man, Randy Savage. Wouldn't have been a bad idea. And I know we're, we're doing this, so we do all this all the time. Wouldn't have been a bad idea for Hulk Hogan, the macho man, Randy Savage, to go around the ring and give everybody high fives. Well, just wait, Tony, because <laughs> the silly shit... <laughs> that is WCW yeah. uh, is going to uh, continue. Okay. Macho Man here in the colorful red and yellow, but wearing a black and white Macho Man shirt. Um, sort of out of character for the Macho Man. But then again, all of it is. We didn't see Arn wear his fucking pajamas to the ring very often. We never saw Ric Flair, almost never, come to the ring without a robe. Um, unfortunately, of course, he has two women who accompanied him to the ring, who've now made their way or they came to the cage and now they're back at the ring. They've since passed on both woman and miss yeah. Elizabeth. Right. So the gimmick here is we've got to work our way down. We've got Megan barbarian on the middle level. We've got Ric Flair and Arn Anderson on the top level and macho man is starting off with Ric Flair. Arn Anderson, of course, about to hook it up with the biggest star in the history of the business, Hulk Hogan. Mm. Well, here they go. And remember, it's a gauntlet. They have to fight their way through all. In other words, what we've got here in front of us, uh, Conrad Thompson, is the fact that we are going to show that Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage, the mega powers, if you will, are bigger than life, and they can beat anybody. They can beat any combination. When the odds are against them, when they're put into this monstrosity of a triple cage, the, uh, what was it called again? Doomsday Cage. Thank you very much. The Doomsday Cage, they can still fight through all the odds. And the Nature Boy Ric Flair is paired off with the Macho Man Randy Savage, and he runs Flair's head into the cage. I don't think that surprised anybody. And now we go to the uh, split screen. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a clusterfuck this is. You, know, you can't yeah. see much of shit. We've got the split no. screen that you hate so much. The fans yeah. can't really see anything either. Right. Um, it's not television friendly. It's not well lit. I know they're trying to make it look gritty and whatever. Yeah. But there's sort of an edict that we don't want blood and mm -hmm. we're doing a cage match. And originally yeah. the plan for this match, according to Dave Meltzer 
was it was supposed to be Hulk Hogan versus four heels. You know, he's been trying to work his way through the dungeon of doom. And this is supposed to be Hulk Hogan versus four men. But right. they decide, Hey, this is our main event extravaganza against WrestleMania. So let's make it even bigger. Let's do this triple cage and let's bring in more guys. So according to the original plan, according to Dave Meltzer, it was supposed to be Chris Benoit versus Macho Man Randy Savage in a Falls Count Anywhere match. But Hulk Hogan decides, nope, brother, we need more bad guys. And I only need one to be the Macho Man. Do you remember that being sort of the, the, the decision making and how they sort of audible to this, that it was originally yeah. Savage and Benoit? Yeah, that, that uh, they, they audible to this because it's what Hulk Hogan, who had full control of his character, wanted to do. And, and, and look, it, it's pretty apparent. The This doomsday cage, as they say, is, and we're taking a good shot and look at it now, is unique in itself. It's uh, an event in itself. If you just look at it, it looks incredible. But the fact is, it was meant to put Hulk Hogan over, over everybody. And, and it really, if you think about it, it was... It was make. It was. I guess Hogan's partner was the Macho Man Randy Savage here, but it was also making Hogan look bigger than Savage. Does that make any sense? Oh, he's going to hook up on the Nature Boy Ric Flair, who's going to beg off. I feel like I should uh, remind everybody that Brian Pillman was supposed to be a part of this match as well, and you guys actually mentioned that briefly in commentary, where you're saying something like you're not really sure where he is, and the next day. On Nitro, Eric Bischoff would make up some sort of lame excuse like Pillman wasn't here because he refused to team up with Kevin Sullivan. But the reality is he had had throat surgery a couple of weeks prior at Vanderbilt University. And Gene Okerlund was on the hotline saying that Pillman didn't have the surgery and was making it up. And he said that he called the hospital and they had no record of Brian Pillman being there. And this resulted in a legal letter coming from Pillman's agent to Okerlund uh, that says that... um, you know, hey, here's the official discharge paperwork. He was actually there, and he wants a retraction on Nitro, a correction to be made. And Okerlund, of course, missed that Nitro with the flu. But you guys knew that he wasn't going to be able to make it right. by Thursday, but you had already sort of filmed the WCW Saturday night on Wednesday. So there wasn't really a chance to tape anything different, but you could have maybe edited the last-minute push for the pay-per-view, but it didn't wind up happening. Uh, we should remind everybody that this is all going on when Pillman is working an angle with WCW and doing some stuff with ECW. Um, what was the the thinking about Brian Pillman sort of not being a part of this as, you know, maybe was once upon a time suggested that he'd be a big part of this match? Well, his throat surgery, you know, Brian had a very raspy, horsey voice, and this throat surgery that he had at Vanderbilt was a shoot, was legit, and that was just Gene Oakland trying to put something on the hotline to make you want to call. It was, you know, the hotline was 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 working you to think it was a shoot a lot of times, and a lot of times they would throw in shoots. Uh, I, I was really surprised uh, to hear that they wanted a, a retraction from that because the hotline in itself was not as big as this. And the hotline was something that was to a much smaller audience. Uh, but we all knew that Pillman was hurt, uh, and, uh, couldn't, couldn't work. And, uh, it was just one, one of those WCW cluster fucks. The rumor in innuendo is that Brian Pillman 
when he did the whole, I respect you Booker man shit with Kevin Sullivan and then goes, shows up in ECW and is doing all sorts of craziness there, uh, threatening to pee in the ring and what have you. He's really making a spectacle of himself and he's got a lot of internet buzz and a lot of dirt cheap buzz. Wade Keller reports that Hulk Hogan is the guy behind the scenes pushing to add Brian Pillman to the cage match specifically because he was on Hogan's radar with all the attention he'd been getting lately and he wants to leg drop and pin him and (laughs) Pillman hates this idea because he realizes, Hey, if I say I've I've quit and I'm working with ECW and I'm a free agent and I can do what I want to do, then coming back and getting leg dropped on pay-per-view by Hulk Hogan does me no favors. And originally Hulk Hogan was supposed to beat up Brian Pillman and Zeus, who we're going to see as the Z gangsta and Swenson were supposed to save him, but Pillman just refused to cooperate with Hogan and pulled away from him when Hogan grabbed him. So there's lots of speculation as to, is he going to show up for the pay-per-view? Are we getting worked again? What's real? What's not real? If he can't make it, will they put one man gang or shark or warlord or who will be in this last spot? What do you remember about Brian Pillman maybe being difficult to work with here and, and the rumor that Hulk Hogan just wanted to squash him? Well, okay. Two things here about Brian Pillman. You know, Brian was, I, I really thought that Brian Pillman took his craziness to a whole new level. And I thought it was all a work with him. All his, you know, people really thought that Brian had snapped. There were people in the business that that thought that that Brian Pillman is fucking nuts now, and you you can't do anything, you can't do business with him, and he's fucking nuts. And uh, Hogan thought it was a work too, and and Hogan thought that he could uh, squash Brian Pillman, and Pillman just just bucked up about it. But we all also knew that he was that he was having throat surgery. So it's like, who do you believe here, right? Does this make sense to you? I mean, it was, it's kind of. None, none of this makes sense. We just saw Barbarian clothesline Haku with Macho yeah. Man ducked out of the way. Yeah. So we've got two on one with Macho Man versus the Faces of Fear. And the other right. side, we've got Lex Luger and Kevin Sullivan taking Hulk Hogan to task. So the, the mega powers, which they're openly referred to here as, have yeah. escaped uh, the four horsemen. And they're on this middle level. And there is a lot of stuff going on here, man. Uh, so they, they've escaped the four horsemen. Uh, and see, I thought the, the idea was if, if they pin one of them, they get to go to the next level. And see, that's where, I, that's where I was screwed up in, in calling this match. Well, nobody fucking knows what's going on. That's the right. idea. Right. And, and, so, and, and so the idea is, you know, it's such an extravaganza. It's such an event. It's so crazy. It's such a visual. It doesn't matter. Mel- There's a lot of people who thought that. Meltzer wrote, um, there they faced Sullivan, Luger, Ming, and Barbarian. They locked Ming and Barbarian in the half of the middle cage, and the other four wound up in the wrestling ring. Finally, Jeep and Zeus, who weren't even there at the beginning, parentheses, right. Shivani kept asking where Jeep, Zeus, and Pillman were, still hinting that Pillman would be there, even though he wasn't, taking the bait and switch well past any bo- any point of sensibility showed up. Um, so... Even here, you're still sort of talking about Brian Pillman. Obviously, that's on orders from Eric Bischoff, I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. So you see uh, Kevin Sullivan sort of wrestling with Pee Wee Anderson here. 
Uh, they're trying to use some different weapons on Randy Savage. And you can see how much give there is in this, the fencing every time they're walking on it. I mean, you're, you've got several hundred pounds and this K, I mean, I, if I'm macho, man, there's no way I'm dropping elbows on this damn thing. Yeah. You know, the smartest man around here now is Rick yeah. Flair. He's yeah. still into the top cage. He's not good. Arn went down. Flair stayed up top. Like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm not going to take the chance to go through this. Look at Kevin Sullivan here has yeah. a lot of confidence in this scaffold. And a lot of times the, the pipes here on the scaffolding, you know, will just very easily move on you. Well, he has a lot of confidence here because he's teasing that he's going to fall from the second level. And he's no, I mean, this is not something that's advisable yeah. on any level. No, but it's a booker trying to make it work, trying to make it exciting. And, uh, not only that, you know, the guys had a chance to walk through this thing and take a look at it before they. So he was pretty confident that it wouldn't fall forward. This is not wrestling, though. You know, I no, mean, you're on a not. fucking scaffold two stories high and you're sweaty and you're in your fucking underwear and wrestling boots and you're trying to hang on and make sure you can dangle part of your body and not die. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Okay. I understand it's not wrestling. And I hate to say this because I'm a part of MLW, but bringing, uh, having a match where fans bring weapons to the ring for it, is that wrestling either? Well, here's what I mean, I guess. If that happens within the confines of a ring, then there's yeah. no real danger. And you're in control of how, what sort of velocity you put behind one of those weapons and which ones you choose. And with this, you're just, you're a, you're a fucking stunt man because there's no crash pad below. If one of these things gave way and Kevin Sullivan fell and yeah. died live on pay-per-view, that's different than hitting a guy with a fucking keyboard, Tony. Yeah, I, 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 yeah you, you're right. I stand corrected on that. You're exactly right. Here's my What's struggle up? with this. This is this doomsday cage. It's the most devilish device ever. We're fucking out of it. Now we're just yeah. rolling. Right. How is it this grandiose, oh, my God, look at that thing. They're going to murder each other. Nope. They're already out. They're in the aisleway. They're headed towards the ring. Yeah. I don't understand it. Well, I do. Well, smarten me up. It, it feels like, you know, if you've got this, how can they ever escape? Well, they just fucking open the door and walk out. Well, what they, again, what they wanted to do was uh, give the fans a ringside. What the hell? They got a, a microphone there. Well, they had fans hand them weapons and they hit them with it. No, that's, <laughs> that's not wrestling, right? <laughs> Very well done there, Millennial. Uh, and the down goes. Uh, so now the fans get to pop at ring cycle. We spent all this money for it. Uh, but meanwhile, let's do a, for you fans watching at home, let's do a split screen to completely fuck you up. Hmm. Feel free to talk here anytime. Yeah, I don't know what to say about this fucking thing. We haven't seen Jeep Swenson. We haven't seen the ultimate solution, if you will. We haven't seen Tiny Lister. Yeah, Zeus Tiny Lister, or, or Tony Tiny Lister, a.k.a. Zeus, you actually met during his first run with the WWF. And, of course, yes. a year prior to this, he had a lot of fame with the movie Friday, where he played Debo, uh, yeah. which was a hilarious movie with Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. Did you ever see Friday, Tony? Never saw, never saw Friday, no. I don't but think I like, I've always liked Ice Cube. Always liked him. Thank God they're going back towards the, are they going to get, get back in the cage? Are they, what? Well, there, there were very few fans can see him. Right. They're brawling on the floor here. 
and I'm not going to say it's bad action. I mean, they're, they're doing their best to have a brawl, but right. it sort of defeats the purpose of going to the trouble and expense of building this whole cage. If you're only going to use it for a handful of seconds and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And just uh, look at stuff like this. And I wonder like by the minute what that thing yeah. cost. And it was a one-off. And I realized that if it, Bischoff were listening to this, he would say, that's fucking stupid. It's a television company and look how much money they spend setting up a scene you know, or yeah. blowing up a car or whatever. Sure. I get it. We did a lot of that too. Uh, I, I have a question. What did, did, was there any critique of our announcing job for this? Yeah. Everything gonna, you did sucks. Honest, everything okay. you did sucks. Yeah. Okay. Cause I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what to say here. I have no idea what to say. I mean, it's just uh, all broken down. They're going to sell back towards the ring here. Apparently once again, uh, and, uh, here's the thing. At the end of this, I remember the Macho Man and Hogan escaped the cage and win, right? Well, they're out. They're out already. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, how do you explain, you know, if the rules are you beat this guy, you go to this level, you beat this guy, you go to this level. Well, what do you do when they go to the ring? Like who's deciding what a win is now? Like if Hulk Hogan were to pin Lex Luger right now, there's no referee in the ring. Does he win? And Macho Man chasing down Randy Savage with planks from the bottom of the cage. Uh, I think he hit the female ref a female photographer. She no sold the shit out of it. Yeah, Linda Rufio from St. Louis, uh, and she's been in the business a long was in the business a long time by by that time. I feel like we should uh, also remind you that the other fellow who is uh, going to be a part of this was a little bit of controversy around him. Of course, Zeus is coming back in because he's a friend of Hulk Hogan's, and Hogan sort of relied on what he knew, and so. Right. He knew that he had drawn money with John Tenta and Honky Tonk Man and Big Boss Man and Jim Duggan and Macho Man, but he also knew that he drew money with Zeus. So he has the idea, hey, let's bring him in. He's a guy who's recognizable. Of course, the WWF owned the name Zeus, so they have to come up with something else. Were you pleased to hear about the return of Tiny Lister, or when did you first hear about Z Gangsta? Well, I first heard about him uh, probably like a month or two months prior to this event. And uh, personally, I was I was okay with it because, you know, I, I called that match at uh, at the Meadowlands in SummerSlam of 89. And uh, Tiny was a cool guy, man. I, he was a cool guy, and I liked working with him. And uh, he was – I always got the feeling that he – you know, he wanted to, he wanted to do things. He wanted to do things that he thought were right. He didn't have an over inflated ego and not do this and not do that. And I always thought that was cool about him. So I thought it was pretty cool that tiny was coming back in. There's a famous interview that our, our friend, uh, Peter Rosenberg did with tiny Lister. And obviously Tiny's a big deal in the hip hop community because of the movie Friday. Right. And, he asked him about wrestling and he talked about the first run, of course, but then he talked about coming back to the WCW and he said something like if Hulk Hogan wants to pay me 50 grand to hit me in the head with a frying pan then hit mm-hmm. me in the head with a fucking frying pan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's him, man. Um, <laughs> the other guy who you're going to see here shortly is Jeep Swenson who wrestled in world-class championship wrestling in the eighties. Uh, I think he had some matches with Bruiser Brody there. He was even, in the No Holds Barred movie as a pit fighter, and he played one of James Conn's bodyguard and Bulletproof. But maybe most famously, he was Bane in Batman. But he passed away uh, a year and change after this, in August of 97, from heart failure. He was only 40, 
but he made an impression, man, because Hulk Hogan, James Conn, Davy Boy, they were all at his funeral. So Jeep was, I guess, known as to be a good guy in the business. What can you tell us about Jeep? I never really hear people talk about him. I didn't know. I didn't know Jeep at all. Uh, but from what I heard, he was a good guy. Now he did play the first Bane in the Batman and Robin movie. I do believe he did not play Bane in the, the latest incarnation of Bane. Oh, he didn't come back from the dead. Didn't come from the back, back from the dead. Okay. Cause I just no, said he was, died in 97. So if you okay. weren't sure fans, okay. uh, we did not re- there. He is right there. Woo. Take a look at him and he's all painted up biggest arms in the business. Boy, Tony Lister looking big as well, isn't he? Yeah, and he's he's got the unibrow in serious yeah. effect here. And, of course, they're supposed to be in the bottom of the cage, I suppose. Yeah. But instead, all the action's at the ring, and it looks like the baby faces are taking over with Lex Luger and Kevin Sullivan. So Zeus is out here to massage Randy Savage's shoulders and go, ah! Uh, big point of contention here, and I understand that, but, you know, uh, uh, there was arguments, uh, not arguments, but discussions in the back. You know, if we're going to have this monstrosity, well, what about the people who were at ringside? So I guess they're giving them something to ringside. But now the ultimate solution and uh, Zeus, if I can use that term here on this podcast, are going to put them back in the ring. And now they're going to put them back in the ring so they can escape and win. <laughs> Figure that one out, fans. Yeah. First one out wins, but now we're going to go back in because everybody's already out. And speaking right. of out, people were out on the original name for the ultimate solution. Originally, he was called the final solution. And apparently a bunch of uh, complaints came in from Jewish organizations to Turner's corporate right. office, and they changed it to the final solution. Uh, you know, smarten everybody up because not everybody listening was born in 1981, as you like to point out. Well, the final solution was Hitler's way of exterminating the Jews in in World War II. I mean, doesn't that, that seem like that would be something people would have fucking thought about before they named it that? Yeah, I know. And I would. Kevin Sullivan talked to it. it was Kevin Sullivan's idea to come up with a final solution. Uh, and then Eric got with him and said, you know, from the top, you can't do that. So, uh, again, you know, uh, Kevin looks like Dusty, very old school. You know, you can do all kinds of shit back in the old days in the yeah. territory. And that's the thing. It's not like if it's Kevin Sullivan, it's someone who just didn't think of that. Kevin Sullivan's a very smart man. He knew all about it. He knew all about it and knew he was yeah. going for heat. Right. And, but maybe Turner would say it's the wrong kind of heat. This is a company that gets wide shots on blood. Right. You know, and you can't use weapons. So I'm pretty sure we can't have a nickname for exterminating Jews on the pay per view. No. And, and, but uh, Kevin being old school thought he'd get away with it. You know, I mean, back in the old school days, they got away with using uh, music without licensing without paying licensing fees back then. You realize that in the old territories? Isn't wrestling a weird deal, man? Yeah. Where somebody's like, hey, let's make sure they really hate him. Let's yeah. name. God. <laughs> you know, because here's the deal. I got to tell you, like, being from Alabama, I didn't put that together. But, you know, hmm. I was a fucking knucklehead kid. I didn't know any of the history of that. And I, I mean, I didn't even, I certainly didn't know a Jewish person at the time in Alabama. So that wasn't, yeah. it, it, been, it wouldn't have even been on my radar, but a guy yeah. like Kevin Sullivan, he yeah. fucking knew. Yeah. Hashtag millennial bullshit. And now the double team here from the back, Hogan and Zeus are going to go eye to eye right now. I don't think the fans really give a shit. Do you? No, I don't think anybody can really tell what's going on either. No, no, because it gets down to what, what it gets down to is Zeus and Jeep Swenson against Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage. 
We've got them back in the ring. Now they're going to try to escape. Kind of had that look, buddy, man, that badass look. You know, and here's the thing, too. Like, if you were a wrestling fan, and that's what they were obviously trying to do is is cater to the people who maybe grew up on Hulk Hogan. Right. I mean, Zeus was a big deal. And I know that, you know, we can certainly beat up that he wasn't a great wrestler and maybe it wasn't the best angle and blah, blah, blah. But it was a big deal. So to have him in here, I think, makes sense. You know, on some respect, you think it might be an attraction or whatever. But, man, the execution of this is just fucking awful, is it not? Yeah. Look, it's one of those things that someone had a great idea, and then after they had the great idea and they started selling it, you got us all of a sudden say, well, we got to execute it. We got, and then they look at this thing and says, yeah, we got to execute it. And then they think, well, we got to give the fans a ringside something. So it just ended up being one of the biggest clusterfucks ever. And why not Arn Anderson getting involved as well? And why not Ric Flair getting involved as well? Well, and that's what I was going to say is, you know, at least in the WWF, when they knew that they had Zeus, like they know, Hey, he can't fucking do anything. So right. Let's right. get macho man in there to do all the real work. Right. And then let's let, you know, him just come in do a few power moves, get some heat and macho man can do all the work. But here for several minutes, it was Bane or, you know, Jeep Swenson. And tiny Lister, neither one of those guys really fucking know what they're doing. No, there's no worker in there. And somebody on the outside, probably Kevin Sullivan went and said, on flail, get in there. They're fucking dying. <laughs> Go sell hear- something. God damn it. <laughs> I could hear it. I could hear him saying that you're seeing the difference in the WWF booking Pat Patterson, getting involved, Vince McMahon, getting involved. And Hulk Hogan booking a match. That's what you're seeing. Well, because you Hulk, Hogan was, to this. Hulk Hogan wasn't thinking about matches, right? Hulk Hogan's thinking about Hulk names Hogan. and what would look cool as a name. But right. then you actually think about just the mechanics of a match. Like, man, somebody's got to make you look good. And these guys don't know how to make themselves look good. Right. So you got to get an Arn Anderson or a Ric Flair in there and a Macho Man. But if you've got seven Hulk Hogan's, that's not a fucking, it's not going to work. <laughs> And here's the powder, and you see yeah. one powder packet has exploded. Nobody fucking knows why or how. Yeah. Macho Man is actively working to open something up. We had way too tight of a shot. Here comes the fucking Booty Man, and the Booty Man has decided, here's what you need to kill these monsters, frying pans. <laughs> oh, there's the powder. Got him down. Hit him in the head. Oh, hit him in the head. Go ahead, hit him in the head. Come on, get oh, ow. Whoa. Here's a guy who paralyzed gonna, my brother Randy Zeus. Whoa. I gotta, I gotta overpower him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking frying pan. Hey, here's a guy who wants to kill all the Jews. I got an idea. I can take him down. Give me a fucking frying pan. <laughs> this is what WCW is, man. It's the Doomsday Cage, and instead yeah. of there being, you know, kendo sticks and barbed wire and thumbtacks and other nonsense. Nope. What's your? What are your weapons, pal? Well, got some powder, got us a frying pan. What are you going to do with it? Going to bake a fucking cake. It's very apparent that uh, thanks to the advent of the NWO, uh, we, we strung this thing along a little bit, didn't we? Because without that, we were going to die long before 97. Okay, Luger's putting on a glove here. I don't know uh, if this is to hide something he did with Elizabeth or what. Let's uh, see. Yeah. Well, if the glove don't fit, you can't convict. What uh, the fuck was that? <laughs> did you see that did he do that on purpose dude he 
I, you have to see what we just saw. If you're not watching Watch Along, you have to watch Watch Along for this. I just can't believe what we just saw. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man decide, hey, let's but, run yeah. out. But Macho yeah. Man says, oh, no, I forgot to pin him. And there you go. There's the one, two, three. And Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, win this thing. Uh, we're going to shut the cage. And now we're going to go. What, what, yeah. what did we just watch? Oh. The big finish. I mean, they couldn't even get that right. You've got Ric Flair restraining the Macho Man, Lex Luger winding up with what we're led to believe is a loaded glove, and he's going to rear back and punch the Macho Man. But he pulls short when the Macho Man ducks, and then he just reloads and punches Flair. Hmm. And they both try to jump out of the ring, the baby faces, to escape to win, which I guess they won an hour ago. Um, but we're supposed to not remember that. And then Hogan says, Oh brother, go pin him. So flair has to lay there. Let Macho man slide back in and pin him. I don't know why we had to have flair lose either. I don't know why ultimate solution couldn't lose or Z gangsta. It's more Ric flair, Hulk Hogan bullshit. Is it not? Yes, it is. And it's also Ric flair being a pro. I'm down with it because in the end wins and losses don't matter. Look at how silly that shit was, but I'm just saying, you got all these guys who aren't going to be back ever again. Fucking beat one of them. I agree. Absolutely agree. And now the three stooges, Larry, Badass Tony, and Mo, have to make some sense out of it. But now we're going to talk about Nitro tomorrow night, obviously, and point towards that. Well, and what's interesting is Ric Flair's your world champion. And so the Giant, when he won the match earlier, earned a world title match against Ric Flair tomorrow night on Nitro. So you just had your champion get pinned in the main event. And now we're immediately trying to say, Oh, what's going to happen tomorrow night in the world title match. We didn't keep flair strong for the match at all. It's just silly shit, man. Yeah. But it was a foreign object. It was a foreign object that hit him. Oh, the dreaded coal miners club process. This, this is the deadliest cage ever. It's the doomsday cage inside powder, frying pans, gloves, are we going to make the most brutal match in history or are we going to be uncensored baking? Yeah. Well, guess what? It was doomsday for WCW. Had they continued on this road? Here's my favorite part of the whole thing too is, is dusty Rhodes here. Who's got on a tuxedo jacket and fucking blue jeans. Like I can't believe I got dressed up for this shit. <laughs> and thank God I didn't book this shit. Thank God they were leaving me of being a booker. Well, what's fun too, is the, um, the credits here don't have their full names. It's just yeah. one name, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, all these names, of course, we've talked about on the podcast. And I got to tell you, Tony, I'm glad we got to cover this one. But man, am I glad this one's over. It yeah. felt like that Chicago street fight match, the booty man match. And then this main event just went forever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm glad we got to cover uncensored 96. I feel funny even asking this, but how many stars would you give the main event? Oh, I would give a, uh, I would make it dud. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 